Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now starting an hour earlier. Welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Filling in for Michael Ball, here's Sean Kleisinger. All right, here we go. 2024 is here and a brand new sports cage. You're in the sports cages here as myself, Sean Kleisinger, and Blaine Weiland sitting back right now watching some World Junior Hockey Championship. An overtime game, Switzerland and Sweden right now. Imagine if Sweden lost, that would not be ideal. The host nation falling out on the same day that the Canadians fell out of the tournament. Yes, it was heartbreak all over the place today for hockey fans in our country. As far as the World Junior Hockey Championship goes, today's show is for Saskatchewan Lotteries, bringing communities together. Sask Lottery Products fund over 12,000 sports, culture, and recreation groups Across Saskatchewan, we have a fun show lined up to kick off the new year here. Al Miller, the general manager of the Regina Pats, is going to be joining us next segment to talk about all these moves happening. I got email after email after email from the voice of the Regina Pats, Dante DeCaria, over the weekend. It was uh, move after move, trades, 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 and we are going to talk with Al Miller about those trades next segment. Charleston Hughes, remember that news last week? It was on Friday, I believe, that he posted on his social media that he was retiring from the Canadian Football League, 40 years old, the sack master. I think, top of my head, 136 sacks. I could be wrong. It's in the 130s, though. Charleston Hughes recently caught up with Michael Ball. We will air that conversation at the bottom of this hour. Arash Madani coming up next hour. Glenn Suter in hour three and... Uh, Leif Patterson, not Leif Patterson, Leif Magnuson, excuse me, Leif Magnuson. He is from Saskatoon, and currently he is an offensive lineman for the Arizona Wildcats college football. And Michael Ball also caught up with him recently, so we will air that conversation next hour. All right, this is what you need to know. Let's go. Sports Cage shareholders, this is what you need to know. Oh, yes. Let's start here. Some New Year's heartbreak across the pond in Sweden. Drops it back to Beher. And now Stenko shoots score. Stenko with a sharp and deflected by Rousseau. And with 11 seconds to go in the third, the Czechs have retaken the lead. <laughs> That's the sound of choking happening across the pond in Sweden. Canada choking. Boy, oh boy. Usually we can look forward to, you know, that being the first big sporting event on the calendar. Uh, Team Canada run for the gold medal. Not happening this year. Team Canada loses today to Team Czechia. 3-2 the final score. As you heard there, Czechia scored with just 11 seconds remaining in regulation to stun the Canadians. So, yeah, there will be no gold for Canada this year at the World Jays. And the other quarterfinals 
The USA beat Latvia 7-2. That's an easy matchup, quarterfinal. Finland beat Slovakia 4-3 in overtime. And right now we have another overtime game happening as Sweden and Switzerland are currently are currently in overtime with 532 left. And looks like Sweden is going on the power play right now. So we will keep tabs on that throughout the show today. Would kind of be a bummer if Canada and the host nation Sweden got eliminated. I mean, who's going to go to the games after today if Sweden gets eliminated? Finland's still in it. We will have to rely on the Finnish people to fill those arenas if Sweden can't get it done here. Hey, it was an exciting day yesterday for football fans across North America. The college football semifinals. Let's start at the Rose Bowl down in Pasadena, California. Michigan deny the Crimson Tide. Game on the line. It's Williams in motion. Low snap. Melrose stopped. Michigan makes a stand and comes up with a milestone playoff victory. Oh, yeah, the band has just given her. The number one ranked Michigan Wolverines. They took down Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide 27-20 in overtime. So Michigan advanced to the national championship as they look for their first title since 19. 19- 97 and the game is over folks team sweden didn't take them long on the power play in overtime sweden with the goal and sweden has eliminated team switzerland from the world hockey world junior hockey championship and the fans are happy and i I guess so the swiss players are dangling over the bench right now shedding tears I'm going to talk more about shedding tears later on this segment, by the way. That's what you call a little teaser. So, yes, Michigan beating Alabama yesterday, and Michigan's opponents will be... Penix, another design run. Penix is thrown for 398, trying to get above 400, and he's on target. Washington hangs on and wins the All-State Sugar Bowl with a The Washington Huskies on the back of their quarterback, Michael Penix Jr. Take down the Texas Longhorns, 37-31 was the final score. So it will be the Washington Huskies versus the Michigan Wolverines this coming Monday down at NRG Stadium in Houston, Texas for the College Football National Championship. Two studs at quarterback who will more than likely be taken in the first round of the upcoming NFL Draft. J.J. McCarthy for the Wolverines and Penix Jr. for the Huskies. Nice weekend for the Harbaugh's too. John Harbaugh with the Ravens on Sunday. He clinched the number one seed in the AFC. And then yesterday on Monday, Jim Harbaugh advancing to the CFP National Championship game. Can't wait to watch that one less than a week away. The NHL Winter Classic on Monday. Well, let's be honest. Wasn't really a classic, but here we go. Shot score from just inside the left point, and the deflection in front, the cracking with a goal from Ellie Tolman, take a one nothing lead. Yeah, that's all the Seattle Kraken would need. They would go on to win three to nothing over the Vegas Golden Knights at T-Mobile Park in Seattle, the home of the Seattle Mariners, of course. Got to give Seattle fans props, though. They studded out, man. Over 47,000 people in attendance yesterday afternoon for that game. Way more 
than what the Seattle Mariners get, albeit the Mariners have 81 home games, I know, but you can equate it to like a Seattle Mariners playoff game? Playoffs. So yeah, the NHL Winter Classic in the books here for 2024. This was pretty cool on the weekend. Did not see this happening. Let's hit the hardwood, baby. He's home. Schroeder finds Gary. Close out by Struess. RJ fires a Yeah, from Mississauga, where he attended school. R.J. Barrett, who was acquired from the New York Knicks last week, is back in his home nation, and he's dropping buckets. R.J. Barrett, yeah, he attended school as a kid in Mississauga, and the Raptors beat the Cavs 124-121 to yesterday, and nice bounce-back win after the Raptors lost to the Detroit Pistons over the weekend. <laughs> a Pistons team who at the time were riding a 28-game losing skid. 28 games in a row. All they needed was a a game versus the Toronto Raptors to get things back on track. Before that game on Saturday, the Pistons, they they haven't won a game since the month of October. Can you believe that? Snapped it over the Raptors on Saturday. It was a 129-127 final. But... This last minute or so is to pay the respects to R.J. Barrett, Canadian boy, and he's playing with the NBA's only Canadian franchise. Speaking of Canada and the CFL veteran quarterback, Dane Evans, he has announced his retirement from professional football. So we can put aside all the rumors, all the speculation of him maybe being the next quarterback in Ottawa, being the next quarterback here or there. The 30-year-old joined the CFL as a member of those Hamilton Tiger Cats back in 2017. He spent five seasons with the club, and he was the starter in 2019, remember? That was kind of like his year to glory after Jeremiah Masoli suffered a season-ending knee injury. He helped lead the club to a 15-3 record that year and a birth into the Grey Cup, unfortunately. I say unfortunately because we are on Saskatchewan Rough Rider Radio. They lost to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Yeah. And the puck dropped in the brand new PWHL yesterday on New Year's Day. New York beat Toronto 4 to nothing in the inaugural game. Next game is coming up tonight as Montreal is in Ottawa. Watch some of it. It's awesome to see that on the TV. Now, before I get into this next one, let me start by saying I will not give away any spoilers here, so do not go turning the channel on me, okay? Please don't go turning the station. No spoilers, but I'll tell you, I can't remember the last time I went to the same movie within 48 hour, within a 48 hour time period. It happened over the weekend. The Iron Claw, starring Zach Efron and Jeremy Allen White. It's must-see. True story about the Von Erich brothers and the world of professional wrestling in the 1980s. If you haven't seen it, bring your tissues, bring your toilet paper, (laughs) because tears will be shed. Both times I went to it, both times I cried. Double the tears. I hope it gets nominated for an Oscar or two, but I just think the timing of the movie when it came out will hamper those chances late release it came out on december 22nd and the golden globe nominations were already out by the time the movie came out and i believe the oscar nominations come out on january 23rd so the iron claw go see it if you feel like getting emotional if you feel like crying go see that movie i saw it twice within 48 hours 
maybe I'll go to it again on the weekend. Who knows? And the Regina Pats lost yesterday on home ice, 5-4 to four the final score against the Moose Jaw Warriors. In front of a New Year's Day crowd of over 3,500 people, the Pats are off until Friday here when they welcome the Saskatoon Blades to the Orange Top. It was a busy weekend, though, for the Regina Pats in the front office, way upstairs there. As I mentioned, trade after trade after trade. The general manager of your Regina Pats, Alan Miller, is coming up live on the other side of the break to talk about all the happenings in the front office over the weekend. You are listening to the Sports Cage for Saskatchewan Lotteries on 620 CKRM. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at SportsCage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Yeah, Blaine was just asking me during the break, Iron Claw, that good, huh? I tell you, the Iron Claw is an amazing, amazing movie. Amazing. Not many movies have been made like that over the years. The last wrestling movie I can remember is The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke in the early 2000s. Early mid to mid, maybe mid 2000s that movie was. But this one, the thing that makes it the best is it's a true story. And the whole time when you're watching it, you keep thinking to yourself, this can't be a true story. This can't be a true. No, it's a true story. It's a true story, but they left out one Von Eric in it. They did. That's why I was kind of like, but I'll take your word for it. Yeah. I, I definitely want to check it out. They did. They left out Chris Von Eric, and that's the only spoilers that we will give on the cage. It's not really a spoiler because it's just the facts. They they did not include one of the Von Eric brothers in the movie. Outside of that, highly recommend that you go see that motion picture. All right, Sean Kleisinger, Blaine Wyland here filling in for Michael Ball as Ballsy is on vacay, and we are doing this thing to kick off 2024, and it was a busy start to the new year here and leading up into the new year as the WHL trade deadline's coming up on January 10th, and Pat's GM, Alan Miller, he made four separate moves on the weekend, and leaving the organization, two of Regina's top three scorers, 19-year-old forward Boria Vallis and 20-year-old defenseman Parker Berg, and the Pats also traded away 19-year-old import forward Alexander Zuzdalev and two late draft picks while adding five players and six picks. I believe that's right, six draft picks, including a first-rounder in 2026. So joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline now is the GM of the Regina Pats, Al Miller. Hey, Al, thanks for taking a couple minutes today. I know it's been a busy day when it comes to the media. No, thanks for having me. Pleasure uh, pleasure to be with you guys. Yeah, so my first question is, how much is weighed in the thought process of these trades about still being competitive in the current moment while still building for the future? Is that a difficult rope to walk? Well, it's a, it is a difficult balance, and uh, I think it's, you know, at this level, it's like when I'm working with the coaches and your balance and player development between winning and and you know what's important what are the values around you know young guys playing and you know it's similar around uh, the situation that our team is in and and the decisions that 
that we've made here um, that, you know, it's my responsibility to have an eye on the future, you know, not only one year or two years out, but three, four years out. And, um, you know, and that's part of the process here. But at the same time, you know, part of uh, team's development, part of, you know, our players getting better is, is, you know, maintaining that balance, remaining as competitive as we can, second half of the season here, playing meaningful games and uh, and continuing to push for a playoff spot. So, you know, it's certainly part of the discussion, certainly part of the balance, but um, um, the big picture right now and, and building this team to getting to where we all want to be and, 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 and that's a contender and, and back to that championship level. And we just felt that... Uh, uh, certain moves had to be considered and, and ultimately finalized. Yeah, January 2nd today, when you took the job back before the season started, is this where you envisioned your team being, having, you know, uh, a chance at the playoffs? Have things exceeded your expectations, or has it been maybe not as good as you thought? No, I, I think it's it, it's been, you know, what I, what I thought. I think that... Um, you know the team that uh, when I looked at it coming into the position, I I, I thought the team had some depth. Um, certainly, were some question marks uh, in net and and on the blue line, and and you know, um, but certainly had some some depth up front. Uh, I think, you know, I think we've remained as competitive as we can be. You never want you know to talk about any excuses, but. You know, Stutzelev not returning here after the stint in Hershey um, certainly wasn't uh, favorable for us. Um, the injury to Braxton Whitehead was significant. Uh, Corbin Vaughn uh, now out long term. Um, you know, I think those things impacted us. But uh, I think our coaches and players collectively a good job in terms of playing to our identity, um, which is we need to. We need to work hard. We need to compete. Our details and structure are important. I think that's been a big part of, of keeping us competitive because I think the reality is, is you know, our skill set, um, our talent is, you know, not quite at the level that it needs to be to, to be near the top of the league or compared to some other teams. But, um, you know, part of the process here is, is you know, collectively trying to get there and uh, we'll continue to, to work at it. This is Pat's GM, Alan Miller, on the Western Pizza Hotline. You mentioned Alexander Zuzdalev. Do you think he was the most toughest player to move on from, or is that even a thing? When you look at the list of guys that uh, you shipped off in uh, the trades that we saw over the weekend, is there one that comes to mind that was just really difficult to pull the trigger on, if you will? Well, you know, personally, never got to know Zuzdalev, um, mm-hmm. you know, so that was a little bit different than, you know, the relationship I was able to build with uh, with Vallis and, and Berg. Um, you know, I, I look at Parker Berg, um, quality, quality young man and uh, great leader, great character, um, you know, grew up as a Pat and, and made himself into a hell of a player. And, um, you know, so that's uh, difficult both personally and professionally and, very similar with Borea Vallis in terms of a uh, uh, great young guy. I, I, I think he's starting to figure it out from a consistency basis. Um, Going to be a real good player for Prince George. I, I, I subtly joked with the, the media scrum today that I, I told Borea that he was going to a hell of a team and lots of offense there. And I said, 
opportunity to put up big numbers and have success. And I said, if you do it well enough, then, you know, earn yourself a pro opportunity so I don't have to watch you up there as a 20-year-old. And uh, um, so, we, you know, we, we wish those two young guys all the best. They, they both grew up here. Um, they both took a lot of pride in, 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 in wearing the Pat jersey. And uh, I can't say enough about them as young guys. And, and like I said, uh, uh, good luck to them. And we uh, have a lot of guys now to look forward to play at the Brand Center. Brand new faces. Let's talk about, if you don't mind, Al, uh, some of the players that you acquired here. I mean, Harper Lawlisher from the Moose Jaw Warriors. Let's start there. Yeah, you know, it's um, it's interesting because I was still in Moose Jaw when we drafted uh, Harper and um, and uh, Jason Ripplinger, the GM in, in Moose Jaw now, was running the draft for us and um, knew Harper very well and uh, um, you know good to add him I, I think he he strengthens our depth uh, for this year and next and and brings good speed and good compete to our club yeah and then uh, talk about Ty Gibson what kind of player is the Regina Pats getting in Ty Gibson what you know what Gibson's a good player and, and I think um, I think our fans are, are going to recognize that uh, as good as Parker Berg was for us is that uh, th- there's not a huge difference between these two players in terms of what they bring to the game and, and their skill set. Um, Parker obviously had a, a, a you know a huge opportunity here and you know um, was the number one guy on our PP and, and all those things. But but Gibson's um, um, got a good skill set, moves buck. Um, he'll need to slide into essentially that role for that Berg had, and and I think will perform very well for us. And I know a lot of Pats fans right now are asking themselves the question. You know, I want. I know I've heard it a couple times, a couple text messages that I've received asking me, like I would know, asking me if uh, this is it as far as the trades go, and they're wondering if Tanner Howe is going to get traded. They're wondering if Ty Spencer is going to get traded. So I asked the man himself, uh, Al Miller. I know this is a tough question, but uh, are you looking to move on from anybody else on the roster before the deadline, or is that something that you just can't talk about? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to comment on on any of our current roster players and and uh, and trades. Um, what I would tell you is that um, um, you know you you never know what happens in the next seven or eight days. So I certainly don't want to uh, um, you know speculate or say that anything yeah. may or may not happen. Um, my gut feeling is that I'm you know I'm not sure there will be anything of significance. Um, you know, and at the same time, you know, we're, we're currently at, we're high in bodies. Um, Stutzelev wasn't on our roster, as you know, and mm-hmm. we moved two guys and added four roster players and a prospect. So, you know, we're at 27 here right now, and uh, whether it's reassignments, whether it's other minor trades, we, we do need to get down to 25 or under. Um, so there, you know, there is some difficult decisions to come and some fine tuning to do with the roster, but not, not sure, uh, at this time that I can foreshadow anything of, of significance. I think those things are in the bank already. Hey, we appreciate you taking a couple minutes today, Al, and, uh, best of luck coming up here on Friday at home versus those Saskatoon Blades. 
Yeah, anytime, gentlemen. Thank you. That's Al Miller, the general manager of your Regina Pats here on the Western Pizza Hotline as we are going to head to break. And if you missed it earlier, Sweden, they won in overtime versus Switzerland, 3-2 to two the final score. So the host nation at the World Junior Hockey Championship has advanced. Canada, on the other hand, not advancing. They lost earlier today to Czechia. You are listening to the Sports Cage for Saskatchewan Lotteries on the Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. I'm Blaine Wyland inside the Sports Cage studios with your sports ticker. It is quarterfinal day. It was quarterfinal day at the World Junior Hockey Championships in Sweden, and it was a heartbreaker for Team Canada as they were defeated by Czechia by a score of 3-2, the game-winning goal coming with just under 10 seconds remaining in regulation. So Canada is done for the tournament after the loss to Czechia. Other games today, it was a close one to start off today's competition as Finland came back to defeat Slovakia 4-3 to in overtime in a seesaw battle. USA dominated Latvia by a score of 7-2. to And just minutes ago, about 20 minutes ago, it was Sweden hanging on or actually defeating Switzerland 3-2 to in overtime. So they are off to the semifinals coming up on Thursday. In the NFL today, a somewhat surprising move. Dalvin Cook and the New York Jets have mutually mutually agreed to part ways. This move allows Cook to join a playoff contending team as Cook joined the Jets this season uh, in free agency. He had 217 rushing yards in 15 games with the Jets this season as he was leapfrogged on the team's death chart by Breeze Hall. So now Cook is on the free agency market as NFL teams are gearing up for the playoffs with only one week left in the regular season. And that is a look at your sports ticker. Cougars in the Cage, a weekly look at the sporting scene of the University of Regina. It is brought to you by Freeze Tallman. Since 1956, Freeze Tallman has been your trusted building materials supplier for every type of project. Freeze Tallman in Regina and Fort Quapel. Now, it's another quiet week for University of Regina Athletics. However, things heat up here on the weekend. That's when things, the unofficial second half of the season for all these sports kickoff. We have women's volleyball at home versus Fraser Valley on Friday here in Regina. And there's a lot going on over in Winnipeg, Manitoba this weekend. The women's basketball team, the men's basketball team in Winnipeg, and then our women's hockey team up in Saskatoon on Friday. And then if you're looking for something to do on Sunday... As far as live sporting events go, both hockey teams at the University of Regina have home games this weekend on Sunday at home versus the Saskatchewan Huskies. And uh, first up will be the women's hockey team at 3 p.m. And then the men will hit the ice right after at 6 p.m. But yes, really looking forward to see how the men's basketball team does in the second half of the season here. They are on absolute fire right now. Just riding a win streak, and they are putting in the buckets, if you will. If you haven't been to one of those games either this year or quite some time, highly recommend you go check out some University of Regina athletics, in particular the women's and the men's basketball teams. The Kings of Saskatchewan Sports Talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Calendar flipping here to a new year, but we got to rewind to the end of last year when this guy announced his retirement. Charleston Hughes, one of the best to ever do it. Welcome to the show, my friend. Happy New Year. 
<laughs> Thank you. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to you, too. Yeah, so how tough is it to walk away from the game? I know you didn't play last year. You've been out for a bit physically, but to mentally close the book on a great career, how tough is it? I mean, it was tough, man. It was definitely uh, very sporadic, me doing me doing that, but I guess it came down to just, you know, being with my family, being with my with my kids and stuff like that and just making a decision really. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you when you go out and you sit out an entire year like I did and then sit out because of COVID, I mean, it's hard to come back from that, especially at my age. And the thing is, is that I feel like I still could play at a high level, yes. But the thing is, is it's all about opportunity and the opportunity wasn't there. So it was time for me to move on, actually. Do you walk away physically pretty good, Charleston, all things considered? Uh, yeah, I mean, all things considered, man, I'm in, I'm in good shape. I'm in good health. I mean, I'm, I'm doing well. I didn't, I didn't really experience a lot of major injuries, you know, at, when I played. So mm-hmm. the thing is, is I'm great. Awesome. Uh, what were your first impressions of our CFL game when you came here? Um, <laughs> my, my first impressions, man, was a, it was a fast game. You know, back in 2008, you know, I was a linebacker. Even my great cup ring says linebacker on my great cup <laughs> ring. But but the thing is, is playing linebacker, I, I didn't do no research and seeing all the receivers running and moving all over the place. I wasn't really ready for that. So the the, the game speed was accelerated for me. Yeah. Do you, do you think a lot of guys like you that come from the United States, they underestimate they underestimate the speed of the game and, and even the talent in the game when they get here? Yeah, they definitely underestimate that, man, because they think that just because it's the CFL and you're going to Canada, you're going north, that the, the level of competition isn't going to be as great as anywhere else. But you're playing at a, at a high level of football when you're coming to Canada, man, and people don't realize that until they get there, then they go, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Hey, uh, when you think about your CFL career, Charleston Hughes, I, I know you could sit here and, and name off a whole bunch of names and probably miss some, but what are some, or, you know, some of the names that pop to the top of your mind when you think about your career, guys who helped you get here and helped you uh, move along? Players, coaches, personnel guys? Man, it's been a it's been a lot of people, man. Like a lot of GMs, a lot of players. Like Don Murphy was probably one of the pivotal guys in my career who kind of, you know, kickstarted me and discovered me, and I tracked him down. And I, John Murphy was a guy that you know we knew of each other, but never met each other until one day it was at a at a arena workout, and I ran a forty, and everybody was blown away by the forty, and you know I came up to him and kind of cornered him and forced him to give me an opportunity and he definitely did so you know that was the the start of a of a great friendship and you know what i I can always call on john murphy and call him family yeah no that's awesome and you got to have somebody to open the door for you i I think of two other names uh recently departed rich stubler how much did he help you out charleston man stubler you know he's such a great coach and he had you know, such a pivotal hand and just me just believing in my ability and him believing in me knowing what I was capable of. And he gave me that extra push, man, where he just told me, like, Charles, stop worrying about everything else, all the outside noise, and just rush. Just do what you do and don't worry about nothing else. Yeah. How about a guy like Devon Claybrooks, Charleston Hughes? 
Um, Claybrooks was the same way, man. You know, we were teammates, and we became, you know, he became my coach, which was a, a weird dynamic. But yeah. the thing is, is he did the same thing, man. He he helped me evolve my game when it came to pass rushing. You know, he he'll take credit for the fact that I, he was the reason why I started doing spin moves. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the thing, but the thing. The thing is, is he gave me the confidence to do it, that's for sure, because at a time where I thought, you know, I can only beat a guy one way, and he helped me find that second and third way. to. Hey, can you pinpoint for me a favorite moment of yours in the CFL, maybe a game, a play, or anything like that? Um, I think I think my favorite moment, man, is, is always in the locker room with my teammates, man. Um, I appreciate it, all my teammates. You know, I play with a lot of different, you know, D linemen and, and guys that are, are across from me, and I've watched a lot of defensive linemen get sent to the NFL. And yeah, I really took great pleasure in me installing what I know into somebody else, and uh, that's the that's the real true value that I took away from you know playing in games and in practice is when I can show somebody else and and cut that light on for somebody else. We did a weekend dinner together where we drove quite a bit and we were talking, and I, I remember you saying that. Like, there's a lot of guys across from you that had career years or got looks in the NFL, and, and you took that as kind of a... Uh, uh, you know, a nice uh, notch on your on your belt, so to speak, that you were not only did you show them or help them learn how to play, but you also uh, took a, a lot of attention away from them so they could clean up on the other side. Yeah, man. I mean, that, that, like I said, that's that's what kind of you know ignited me is because, of course, I got missed over in the NFL, but all these guys that are followed behind me, all the younger guys, I had an opportunity to. Lay my hands on them, show them what I know, show them how to view, you know, pass rushing, show them where to put the eyes, where to put their hands, where to line up with their feet, and watch them excel. So don't take this the wrong way because you're going to have a Hall of Fame career. I don't think you're going to have to wait very long to get into the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. But you didn't grow up wanting to play in the CFL. You're an American guy. You wanted to play in the NFL. But you didn't get there in terms of having the the star career there, but you're a star in the CFL. Does that... Does that fulfill you, Charleston? Does that fulfill your football uh, feast, so to speak, that you at least were a, a big-time success in Canada? Man, the thing is, is what I've done playing football, I didn't really start playing football till I was in the 11th grade in high school. But the thing is, is I didn't even know what I was capable of doing until I got deeper into college. I didn't know what I was doing. I was a walk-on at college. Mm-hmm. So I really didn't understand football fully. But the thing is, is when I got a full grasp of what football can do and what it has done for me, man, I've achieved way more than I even anticipated for myself. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Hey, a lot of guys who didn't play in Saskatchewan, when I asked them, they say they wish, one thing they wish is that they would have played in Saskatchewan. Uh, G. Roy Simon and Solomon Elamimian told me that they were very happy they got to come here and play as a member of the Rough Riders. I want your thoughts on playing here in Saskatchewan and if you feel the same way. I definitely, I definitely am happy I got a chance to play in Saskatchewan. It was one of the teams that I always played against that I felt like, you know, I get I get a boost of energy. I get ignited from, you know, crowds and banter and being involved in the game and 
just when I'm when I'm like that, I don't think about being tired. I don't feel like I get tired. I feel like I'm just completely energized and and just re- keep recharging during the game because of the crowd. And the thing is, is being in Saskatchewan and getting a chance to actually play in Saskatchewan and making sure they're cheering for you, it was definitely one of the pivotal moments, you know, in my career that made it made it all worth it. Yeah, you know what? I watch a lot of guys, like Larry Dean comes to mind now playing on the Riders. When he's on Hamilton, you, you watch him as a broadcaster, but you maybe don't really pay attention or appreciate him as much because you don't see him on a day-to-day basis. I feel that way about you, too. And I watch you as a stamp. And of course, you kind of hate the guy because he's on Calgary and he's whipping your butt a lot of times. But when he comes to Saskatchewan, you're like, yeah, man, I got an appreciation for the pro that that guy is both on and off the field. So I can say that about you. Hey, John Bowman coaches, Anthony Calvillo coaches, Clay Brooks coached. Would you ever consider coaching Charleston? You know what, I, I've, I've talked about it amongst, you know, some people and a couple guys that are currently, you know, in position right now. And I know I'd be one heck of a coach, you know, to pass down the knowledge that I know. And when it comes to just defensive, you know, position, defensive scheme, like I know it all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like secretly, I know every single defensive coach I've ever played for, I have – I got their playbook mentally in my head. Yeah. And the thing is, is I got every scouting report that I've ever had for every single OC in the league organized and filed in the filing cabinet. Wow. So, wow. So, so the thing is, is I, I do my, when I played, I did all my research. When I played, I understood the game. I know, I know what's coming. So the thing is, if coaching is in my future, I mean, it's definitely there. Mm. I just don't, I don't don't know. I don't know. It just depends. It just depends. Yeah, for sure. And lastly, Charleston Hughes, how do you want your career to be remembered? Uh, uh, You know, broadcasters, fans talking about you. What do you want them to say about Charleston Hughes? Because it's going to be coming up here, man. Well, you know it. I know it. We'll be getting a bust going here for Charleston Hughes in the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. But right now, as we talk here, just into the new year, how do you want your career to be remembered? Man, I laid the foundation for the future. <laughs> that's the that's the only thing that I would want everybody to remember me by is that, you know, I played ball to the wall and I got the job done when I was needed and when I was called upon and I laid the foundation for future pass rushing. Charleston Hughes, it's been a pleasure uh, talking to you now and watching you play in Calgary and uh, Toronto and, of course, Saskatchewan. Thanks for your time, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Saskatchewan's best coverage of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders is on the Sports Cage, right here on the Mighty 620 CKRM. 2024, huh? My New Year's resolution is, to be honest, I don't got one yet. I think that might be breaking the rules. I think you have to have one by the time the calendar flips, no? The question of the day, though, on the text line, 306-936-6262. Would you be kind enough to share your New Year's resolution with myself and Blaine Weiland? I'm very interested to hear what the Sports Cage shareholders got going on here in 2024. So if you don't mind, 306-936-6262. That is the text line powered by Capital GMC Buick Cadillac. 
Text us up now, and uh, we will read some on the air. Unless you don't want us to read it, you just want me and uh, Blaine to read it, you can let us know in the text. But come on, let's let's get some interactive mojo going here to kick off 2024. Today's show is for Saskatchewan Lotteries, bringing communities together. Sask Lottery products fund over 12,000 sports, culture, and recreation groups across Saskatchewan. It was a electrifying weekend, to say the least. I already took you through my personal roller coaster as far as uh, going to movies and such. I'm crying in the movie theater. Then I get home and I cry some more watching sports. And then I'm doing this. Just emotional wreck. Well, talking about uh, the weekend in the sports scene, though. Boy, was I a happy camper on Sunday as my Green Bay Packers defeated the Minnesota Vikings. Now, we are going to talk more about the National Football League and all the other scenarios, but let's start in Green Bay. We have a lot of Green Bay fans in southern Saskatchewan, and I just want to say this right now because a lot of people don't think this is true, but this is true. This is a scenario. A lot of people are uh, billing this game coming up here on Sunday versus the Chicago Bears as a quote-unquote elimination game for the Green Bay Packers, which could be true. However... Even if the Green Bay Packers lose this game against the Chicago Bears on Sunday, I want Packer fans to know that there is a situation, and we will know this by the time the ball kicks off at 325 Saskatchewan time on Sunday. There is a situation where if the Packers are to lose versus the Chicago Bears, where Green Bay would still make the playoffs as the seventh seed sitting at eight and nine. But the following things need to happen in the early in the early window. Detroit needs to beat the Minnesota Vikings and either one or the other of these following games need to happen. The Falcons need to beat the Saints or the Panthers need to beat the Buccaneers. Now if those things happen going into three twenty five on Sunday The Packers and Bears kick off at 325. So do the Seahawks and the Cardinals. Now, we could be watching the Packer game, the Packer and Bear game, thinking, oh, the Packers are losing. But then you turn the channel over to the Cardinals, who are beating the Seahawks by a couple touchdowns. If the Cardinals beat the Seahawks and the Packers lose that game, the Packers are still in the playoffs. Can you believe that? Whew. With all that said, that will mean nothing if one of those early window games do not work out. And then it will be a true elimination game by the time 325 rolls around as the Packers. Regardless, if they win on Sunday versus the Bears, it doesn't matter what happens in any of the other games. I'm just talking about if the Packers were to lose against the Bears. That's how the Packers would be into the playoffs. And Blaine, your 49ers, they are taking on the Rams in a game which still impacts Green Bay fans because if the 49ers are to beat the Rams this weekend and the Packers beat the Bears, the Packers would be the sixth seed and the Rams would be the seventh seed, so a little bit higher of a seeding and therefore more than likely probably playing Detroit in the first round rather than Dallas. But if you know your 49ers... Lose to the Rams, more than likely, if Green Bay does make the playoffs, they will be heading to the Dallas Cowboys in the first round of the playoffs. So there's a whole lot of situations happening. I mean, there's still divisions up for grabs. It's crazy to think, Blaine, that the NFC South, 
You you could still have three teams win that division. If the Bucks somehow lose to the Panthers and the Falcons beat the Saints, you will have three teams all at eight and nine. However, the Atlanta Falcons would hold that three-way tiebreaker between themselves, the Saints, and the Bucks. Therefore, Atlanta would be the division champs, which is crazy to think about. The Saints, on the other hand, they need a win, and they need the Panthers to beat the Bucks because then the Saints would be the only nine-win team in the NFC South. They can't have a Bucks win and a Saints win because I believe the Bucks have the tiebreaker over the Saints. Had to add tiebreaker. Oh, take over the airwaves for a second, Blaine. There's a lot to happen here in the NFL on Sunday. You said a lot there, but really all that matters, Green Bay wins, they're in. Tampa Bay wins, they clinch the division. If those two things don't happen, yeah, then things get a little bit interesting. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, it's going to be, I, I'm really looking forward to that Green Bay Chicago game because even though the Bears don't have, you know, much to play for, Justin Fields got a lot to play for, I think. I don't know if his fate's already sealed in terms of next year, but I think if he could pull off a win against the Packers, that would go a long way for the Bears to keep him next year. Mm-hmm. But it remains to be seen about that. What the, because they got the first pick next year and they got four months to figure that out too. But, uh, do they take Caleb Williams? Do they take, Panix Jr., do they take J.J. McCarthy? J.J. McCarthy's not going to go that high. I do think, though, if, G, if the Michigan Wolverines and J.J. McCarthy take it to the Washington Huskies, which I think they will, I don't think you're going to see Washington move the ball against that Michigan defense like we saw yesterday versus Texas. I think Michigan wins the national championship. But it's going to be interesting how that quarterback carousel, if you will, will fall after the national championship is done and and then i know we have the the combine and stuff leading up to the draft but really outside of the number one pick which kind of seems like it's in stone and it has been for quite some time you have a just a handful of quarterbacks that can be selected relatively high in the upcoming draft yeah it seems like caleb williams number one pick then seems like drake may from north carolina the second quarterback pick and then marvin harrison jr wide receiver out of ohio state they'll seem like the Three mm-hmm. picks at number one, two, three. What order? I mean, the Bears could take Marvin Harrison Jr. just if they want to keep Fields, but really feel like they're going to trade that pick if they're going to keep Fields. So they're going to, it, once again, the Chicago Bears are the team to watch in the draft, but they're also one of the teams to watch this weekend as, yeah. of course, that big matchup against uh, Green Bay. Just, it's kind of weird too how beginning of the season started off. Green Bay got that big win and Chicago did not look good whatsoever. Now the Bears are rolling right now and, uh, even though, like I said, they don't got nothing to play for, I think it's a lot for uh, the Bears uh, this week against Green Bay. It should be a great game, though. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. That's a 3.25 p.m. kickoff time, and it's just funny how the Bear fans, they're talking, hey, if we beat the Packers, we eliminate them from the playoffs. It would be funny scenario, you know, you know what forbid that the Packers lose to the Bears and they're still in the playoffs, and the Bear fans, they're kind of celebrating for no reason. We're going to see what happens on Sunday. That's hour one in the books here. You are listening to the Sports Cage for Saskatchewan Lotteries on this Tuesday. Zinger and Blaine in for Ballsy on 620 CKRM. Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Filling in for Michael Ball. Here's Sean Kleisinger. Here we go, hour two. It's 4.07. Zinger with Blaine Wyland here. Corner of 12th and Rose, downtown Regina. 
Feel free to swing on by. Bring me a cup of water. These pretzels are making me thirsty. Mm, I'm thirsty right now. Forgot to get me some. Did you like that one, Blaine? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, they did. <laughs> hey, let's get into it. Sports Cage shareholders, this is what you need to know. You need to know that some heartbreak, not only on the horizon, it has happened already in 2024 in the sports world. Some New Year's heartbreak across the pond in Sweden. Drops it back to Beher. And now Stenko shot scores! Stenko with a shot that deflected by Rousseau. And with 11 seconds to go in the third, the Czechs have retaken the lead. All right, I promise I won't do the choking sound effect like I did in hour one. A lot of people were probably... Oh, sorry. I wasn't planning on it, but it's contagious. The choking's contagious in our country right now. <laughs> Team Canada lost. Team Czechia, 3-2 to two the final score. And as he heard there, Czechia scored with just 11 seconds remaining in regulation. They stunned the Canadians. So there's going to be no gold for Canada this year at the World Jays. In other quarterfinals, the USA beat Latvia 7-2. Finland beat Slovakia 4-3 in OT. And Sweden, the host country, they beat Switzerland 3-2 also in overtime. We saw that game live. We saw it happen live here at about 3.20-ish. It went down. So, I just can't get over that. Doesn't bother me at all, really. If I'm going to be completely honest with you. That Canada has not moved on. But I feel for the people that ride and die for this tournament. You know? I feel for those people. Exciting day yesterday for football fans. Not only NFL fans, CFL fans. Majority of the time, I think, you know, if you like one league, you got to respect college football. You got to respect it. College football semifinals yesterday. Let's start in Southern Cal. Let's go to SoCal. Rose Bowl in Pasadena, California, Michigan. They denied the Crimson Tide. Game on the line. It's Williams in motion. Low snap. Melrose stopped. Michigan makes a stand and comes up with a milestone playoff victory. Huh. What, what was that play call? Blaine, do you know? Can you answer that? What was that? Let, let's snap it to the quarterback in the gun and then run right into the meat of the defense and fall on your face. Was that what? Is that what he said in the huddle? <laughs> the funny thing was, right before I came here in the newsroom, they were playing this, and I was like, "What the heck were they doing? Calling a quarterback draw there?" <laughs> it's like you like you read my mind. It's like, uh, um, did they know that you have a opportunity to go to the national championship here? Well, yeah. That's why we ran it up the middle. <laughs> right to the teeth of the defense. Couldn't believe my eyeballs. <laughs> I kid you not, my left eyeball fell out of my head. Hit the coffee table when I saw that play call. <laughs> Unbelievable. So the number one ranked Michigan Wolverines, they defeated Nick Saban in the Alabama Crimson Tide. I'm not going to lie to you. Blaine, you're not going to like me for this, but I was cheering for Alabama. I was cheering for the Crimson Tide because I am a Nick Saban fan. Didn't happen, though. 27-20, the final score in overtime. But with that said, I didn't lose any sleep that they lost. Like, I could care less. So Michigan advances to the national championship. 
They're looking to win their first title since 1997. And Michigan, their opponents will be... Penix, another design run. Penix is thrown for 398. Trying to get above 400. And he's on target. Washington hangs on and wins the All-State Sugar Bowl in the college football playoff semifinal. Oh, sugar. Oh, sugar bowl. The Washington Huskies on the back of their quarterback, Michael Penix Jr., taking down the Texas Longhorns. It was 37-31 the final. So, yeah, it's the Washington Huskies versus the Michigan Wolverines this coming Monday at NRG Stadium down in Houston, Texas for the College Football National Championship. I love the Texas Longhorns uniforms. Don't care for the team, but you got to respect that burnt orange in that and that logo, no? Blaine, what do you think? Am I old to lunch? You gotta respect it. At you least. gotta respect. Hey, respect it. Adds. You gotta as well as Saskatchewan for a connection at the head coach there as well too. So oh, poor Steve Sarkeesian. <laughs> Actually, not. Not poor Steve Sarkeesian. I believe he was the quarterback in that three-win season in 1999. Cal Murphy's team. Yeah, and he's got Arch Arch Manning waiting the wings. You yeah. know, so they're gonna be okay. Hmm. Steve Sarkeesian did not like his time here in Ryderville. Like he has a personal vendetta against the Ryder organization for some reason. Maybe if he did suck. Maybe if he could throw a couple touchdowns here or there. Maybe then you would be loved a bit more. I think that's what you need to do to get the respect of your elders and of the fans, right? Maybe have some kind of success and just don't suck 100% of the time. That's my Steve, Steve Sarkeesian rant. So yeah, I wasn't cheering for... Well... Actually, I was technically cheering for Texas yesterday. I'm not going to get into the reasons why I was. I am a conflicted individual, as you can tell. I don't know. Just give me a good college football game and let me sit back and leave me alone. Let me watch the game. That's what I was cheering for. So it was a nice weekend for the Harbaugh's, too, by the way. John Harbaugh, the head coach of the Baltimore Ravens. They clinched the number one seed in the AFC on Sunday. And then, yeah, fast forward to yesterday, Jim Harbaugh punching his ticket the college national championship game. Now, the speculation is, will Jim Harbaugh be the next head coach of the L.A. Chargers or somewhere else in the National Football League? Or will the Michigan Wolverines back up the truck, open it up and say, hey, Jimmy boy, take what you want. These are the dollar bills waiting for you. Just write it down what you need and then you'll stay in Michigan. Time will tell. What scenario will play out? The NHL Winter Classic played out yesterday. It was not a classic, but we should talk about it because it was outdoors, I guess. Shot score from just inside the left point, and the deflection in front, the cracking, with a goal from Ellie Tolan, take a 1 0 lead. Yeah, that's all the Seattle Kraken would need. They would go on to win 3 to nothing over the Vegas Golden Knights at T-Mobile Park in Seattle. Big shout-out to the Kraken fans and to the people of Washington State. Got to give it to those fans, man. Over 47,000 people in attendance yesterday afternoon for that game. It's a lot of peeps. A whole lot of people. Let's hit the hardwood quickly. He's home. Schroeder finds Gary, close out by Struess. RJ fires a three, and it's good from Mississauga. Okay, RJ Barrett. Okay. I know Raptor fans are pretty excited. Maybe not everyone, but RJ Barrett, he's acquired from the New York Knicks last week. He's back in his home nation. He's dropping buckets. He's doing his thang. RJ Barrett attended school as a kid in Mississauga. 
by the way. So I saw what that announcer was doing there. Raptors beat the Cavs 124-121 yesterday. Nice bounce back win after the Raptors lost to the Pistons over the weekend. That Pistons team, I still can't get over that game. They were on a 28-game losing skid until Saturday came around and they saw the Raptors on the schedule and they thought to themselves, ah, this would be a perfect game to end our losing skid. We play the Toronto Raptors. (laughs) You can tell I do not like the Raptors. Milwaukee Bucks all the way. Any chance I get to poke at the Raps, I'll do it. People won't like me for it because there's a lot of Raptor fans across Canada. Let's talk about Canada's league, the Canadian Football League. Veteran quarterback Dane Evans, he has announced his retirement from professional football. The 30-year-old joined the CFL as a member of the Tabbies back in 2017. Had a pretty good season. You know, after that, in 2019, after Missoli went down, Dane Evans came in, made a name for himself, took the Tabbies to the Grey Cup. They lost, though, to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. So, yeah, I wouldn't say it was a great career, but it was a respectable career. He's not going to go down as, like, the worst quarterback in CFL history, like Steve Sarkeesian. <laughs> but he's 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 up there. You know, he's not in Steve Sarkeesian's boat. So as long as you're not down there, you're fine. You've had a pretty good career. And the puck dropped in the brand-new PWHL yesterday on New Year's Day. Big congratulations to Daniela Ponticelli, by the way, for announcing the very first game ever on TSN. Just sounded awesome. Tuned in, watched it. Great job. Great job, Daniela. New York beat Toronto 4 to nothing in the inaugural game. Next game is coming up here tonight, as Montreal is down in Ottawa. Now, I'll make this quicker. I won't uh, go on for as long as I did in hour one, but uh, I will not give away any spoilers here, okay? No spoilers given, but it's not every day, it's not every week that I go to the same movie, the same motion picture in person within the same 48-hour time period. I did just that on the weekend. I went with my wife. I shed some tears As I was leaving the theater, I texted my mom and I was like, you have to see this motion picture. And then she was like, okay. And then I said, I am buying tickets for us on New Year's Day. We're going. And then she said, okay. Then we went. We went to it yesterday. So, yes, I went with my wife. I went with my mother. Two showings in 48 hours. You're thinking, okay, what movie are you talking about here? Kid, what what are you doing here? I'm talking about the Iron Claw. If you haven't seen it, it's about the Von Erickson brothers, the professional wrestling family back in the 1980s. Boy. I'm getting emotional just thinking about it. I need a tissue. Let's go to break, Blaine. I need a tissue. We're listening. You are listening to the Sports Cage. You're on 620 CKRM. Time now for the Cage Clutch Performer on 620 CKRM. Penix, another design run. Penix is thrown for 398, trying to get above 400, and he's on target. Washington hangs on and wins the All-State Sugar Bowl in the college football playoff semifinal. 
Yeah, Michael, 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 Michael Penix Jr., Washington Huskies quarterback. What was he? 29 of 38, 430 yards. He had a couple touchdowns, no picks. Washington defeats the Texas Longhorns 37-31 the final. So it is the Washington Huskies versus the Michigan Wolverines for the national championship this coming Monday at NRG Stadium down in Houston, Texas, the home of the Houston Texans. Michael Penix Jr., your sports cage clutch performer today for Nick Service in Emerald Park, your local Massey Ferguson challenger, Rogator Gleaner, and Fan Dealer. Give them a call at 781 1077. Time now for Coast to Coast with Arash Madani, our weekly chat with a guy who has covered it all from Hockey Night in Canada, the Olympics, World Series Baseball, and everything in between. This is Coast to Coast with Arash Madani. Yeah, Coast to Coast, the first edition of it here in 2024 for Smart Investing Solutions. Be smart with your money. Give Brian Gully a call at Smart Investing Solutions. That number is 546 2533. Happy New Year, Arash. How we doing? Happy New Year, Mr. Kleisinger. Let's go, man. It's a brand new year. Could be a brand pretty new big... year. I, I tell you what, I agree with you on Michael Penix Jr., by the way. I just rewatched the second half of that game. Ooh. He can make every throw. Yeah, he can. The only thing I don't every like... Every throw required. Yeah. The only thing I don't like about him, and this is just a personal preference, I've Blaine won't like me for this because he's a Niner fan. I've never liked lefty quarterbacks. It always kind of throws no, me off, you know? Okay. Yeah, but that's just so me. Steve Young wasn't your guy? Oh, no, Steve Young's not my guy. Rash, you know who I am. We're not going to talk about who I am, though, when it comes to NFL teams because I don't want to talk about that game because I don't want to bring you down. I don't want to bring your mood you down go. in this segment, there you know? You this could be a yeah. big year, Arash, in Canadian sports. Yeah. But let's just uh, get into that right now. Okay. Uh, sure. Canada's World Junior Team, they... Well, they choked today, Arash. And uh, they're out before the medal round. What was your takeaway from that? Let's start there. So, and I'm curious, because before we even get into the takeaway, mm-hmm. did they choke? I don't know. I just saw the box well, score. It, I didn't it, really watch like it. Choke implies <laughs> that, you know, they're... They were by far the better team, the favorite team. Yeah, true. And they buckled under pressure. Is that what happened today? Maybe not. Like, I think there's an entitlement zinger Mm -hmm. that just exists when it comes to hockey in this country by those who play it and coach it, officiate it, watch it. Um, It is not our God-given right, duty, has not been bestowed upon Canadians that we are the best at this no matter what. Like, we have caught up to other countries in so many different sports, and yet we have a hard time accepting or understanding that other countries are doing the same to us in hockey. Mm. My brain that's is caught. My, my that, brain's that, caught in the narrative. Take on it. I don't yeah. know about yours. No, I think my brain is caught in the narrative. A rash. I think that's what it is. Uh, right, and that's fair. And that's fair because we kind of grew up that way, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, like, look around right now. Look at what a diverse sports country we are. Yeah, let's talk that, about yeah. that, man. Like, because twenty twenty four didn't get off to a good start here today, as far as you know. The Maple Leaf in sports, but 2024 is a big year here. Olympic year, Canada going into the Summer Olympics in Paris. A lot of expectations. Yeah. Yeah. Since we're talking about expectations, what do you believe 
the sports stories to watch this year will be? Well, I, I think this, and I know it sounds hyperbolic, and I know it's like it sounds crazy, hot, takey, whatever, mm-hmm. but I actually don't mean it to be. Okay. I think there is a real shot that one of the biggest sports stories in the world this year, crazy, this year is 2024, um, is going to be what Summer McIntosh does at the Summer Olympics in Paris. Mm. A 17-year-old swimmer um, who, you know, Canada had never won a world championship in aquatics before, in swimming before, until this cat at the age of 16 won four of them. And now she's 17, and now she's going to the Olympics. And I've asked some people, I've started to do my prep because, you know, it's, it's an Olympic year. And I asked somebody what the comp, what's the comparison of Summer McIntosh? And the answer I got was Michael Phelps. And I was like, whoa. So I just think there's a possibility that we will be talking about this kid, this teenager, in, like, she will be as... As common as Penny was when Penny Alexiak did what she did at Rio, Summer might do the yeah. same, if not be- if not more. Now, maybe she is the answer to my next question, but uh, is there a Canadian athlete who should be a household name and could be even more of one in 2024 here? I, I, I think it's Andre de Grasse. You know, you think back to the Tokyo Olympics that were supposed to happen in 2020, went in 2021. DeGrasse won a gold in the 200, he medaled in the 100, and the relay team medaled in the 4 by one Like, in any other generation, Andre de Grasse would be talked about in such a different way, in such a different manner. But this is his time now. Like, he is, this is the prime of his career. And this is his moment, this is his opportunity. Usain Bolt is, is, is gone. He's out the window. I just sense Zinger right now, and especially at the Worlds in 22, um, the four by one team won gold at the World Championships. There's a chance that DeGrasse wins two or three gold medals in sprinting. And if you're the fastest man on earth, that puts you in a completely different stratosphere than everybody else. Yeah. I love watching those track and field events at the Summer Olympics. I just get yeah, absolutely glued. Like, my eyeballs are just glued to the like screen. If, if anybody listening ever gets a chance at a Canadian track and field championships, at a U.S. track and field championships, Worlds, Olympics, whatever, if you ever get an opportunity to watch the 4x100-meter relay final live, it is the wildest minute of sports that exists. Yeah. Coast to it's coast. It's incredible. Coast to coast with Arash Madani. Speaking of coast to coast, are you going to the, I'm, I'm assuming you're going to Paris, right? Coming up. I hope to find out soon, my man. Hope oh. to find out soon. All right. So yeah. Arash, uh, do you have a, like a hot take or anything uh, that you have as far as like a Canadian sports achievement for this coming year? Anything like that? Yeah, and I don't know how hot takey this is, but Zinger, we've been knocking on the door in men's basketball and knocking on the door in women's basketball mm-hmm. for a while now. My take is that both programs are going to win an Olympic medal this year. Wouldn't that be something? 
Wouldn't that be something? Now, I don't know how hot that is because we have a lot of talent. We just haven't done it before. Um, like, you know, Jamal Murray says he's going to play. And I think Andrew Wiggins is going to play. And they're just going to add to a team that won bronze at the Worlds last summer. Yeah. Um, I, I just think this this could be incredible. If they do it. I, I would I would consider that a hot take because I don't think you know think back to like I don't know six eight years ago if someone were to say that to you you'd be like what are you talking like but we've come yeah. such a long way that I think you know that would be something hey Arash couple more minutes here let's move on to football because there's only one week to go here in the NFL regular season and it seems a week just cannot go by without an officiating issue. This time it was in that Dallas-Detroit game. I'm sure you saw it, that finish with the two-point conversion. Oh, man. Uh, Do you think anything could be done about this with the playoffs on the horizon? Because that that malarkey just cannot fly anymore. Short-term, Zinger, I don't know where you sit on it. I don't think it can be fixed short-term. No. But I was listening to Dean Blandino today, the former head of officiating, who's now um, on the Fox NFL broadcast. And he said something that really stuck with me. He said, you know, when the reps have those earpieces, headpieces, whatever you want to call them, yep. wired up, there can be as many as five different voices in a referee's ear. Now, how are you supposed to manage the game, communicate with your crew, follow along what's happening, and then when, an, when three offensive linemen come at you, know exactly who the one is saying report, especially as they all walk away with 80,000 people going crazy. Hmm. It's just too much for any person under like the regular circumstances. Now add five voices in your ear while all of this is going on. Like I get that they're looking for perfection, which is why they're doing it. I just think the unintended consequence of having the replay official, having the league office in your ear, having other people in your ear is actually leading to a lack of concentration, a lack of ability to follow the game and officiate the actual game because there's so much else happening at the same time. Yeah. Arash, uh, you've been high on Baltimore and San Francisco for a long time. I think probably (laughs) dating back to September, October. Do you see either team getting beat before the Super Bowl? Well, I think the only team that can beat Baltimore is Baltimore, and I think the only team that can beat San Francisco is San Francisco until the Super Bowl. Like, San Francisco have very few flaws, and there's not a superior team, but then you think back to Christmas Nightzinger and four turnovers, you know? And so, to me, you look at it right now, Baltimore just put up 56 on, on Miami. And so, you know, they are so far superior, but it's sports. you got to go out and do it, you know. I remember last year going into the NHL playoffs, somebody said, would you take the Bruins or the field? It's like, no, you take the field because they actually have to go out and do it. So, hmm. Does does Lamar Jackson win MVP? Yes. Yes. He's the best player in football. Man, that would be his second career MVP and if he can get his team over the hump 
Imagine that. It's, yeah. it's crazy to think, you know, think back to the offseason, all that chatter of how maybe Lamar Jackson wasn't going to be a Raven anymore, all that off uh, front office turmoil. Now, fast forward to now, look what's happening. It's just a great yeah. story. And, and I know we got to go. That's a great conversation for Thursday because what are going to be the learning lessons of teams after how the Lamar Jackson thing yeah. was handled? Yeah. Can't wait for Thursday, my friend. Thanks for it. And uh, we'll talk to you later in the week. Thanks, Zinger. Happy birthday to you, uh, to your lovely family. Happy birthday. Happy New Year to you, your entire family. Happy New Year to everybody listening. Yep. Great to be back on board in 2024. Absolutely, Arash. Happy New Year. That's Arash Madani for Smart Investing Solutions. Be smart with your money. Call Brian Gully at Smart Investing Solutions, 546 25 33. I had to almost check my birth certificate there. <laughs> Blaine, I was like, whoa. I didn't think I lost my mind quite yet. You are listening to the Sports Cage for Saskatchewan Lotteries on 620 CKRM. I'm Blaine Wilden inside the Sports Cage studios with your sports ticker for Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They'll treat you right. 781-2090. Today was quarterfinal day at the World Hockey Junior Championships in Sweden, and it was a heartbreaker for Team Canada as they were defeated by Czechia 3-2, the game-winning goal coming in the final moments of regulation as Canada is now out at the World Junior Hockey Championships. Other games today included Finland defeating Slovakia in overtime, 4-3 in a great back-and-forth game. Another overtime game saw the host Swedes defeat Switzerland by a score of 3-2. And the only game that wasn't really close today, the Americans defeated Latvia by a score of 7-2. Semifinals are coming up on Thursday. It's a full slate of hockey games today in the NHL. All seven Canadian teams are on the ice. The Toronto Maple Leafs are out west taking on the LA Kings. An all-Canadian matchup in Vancouver as Ottawa will score off with the Canucks. The Edmonton Oilers will host the Philadelphia Flyers. The Calgary Flames are in Minnesota to take on the Wild. The Tampa Bay Lightning will score off with the Winnipeg Jets. And the Dallas Stars will entertain the Montreal Canadiens tonight. And that is a look at your sports ticker. The Sports Cage is your voice for football, not only in the province, but around Canada. This is the Sports Cage CFL Report. A look at what's happening in our three-down game. A couple newsworthy notes in the Canadian Football League today. Veteran quarterback Dane Evans has announced his retirement from professional football. The 30-year-old joined the CFL as a member of the Tabbies, the Hamilton Tiger Cats, back in 2017, and he spent five seasons with the club, first becoming its starter in 2019 after Jeremiah Masoli suffered that season-ending knee injury. He helped lead the club to a 15-3 and record that year and a berth in the 107th Grey Cup Championship game. The other note, Montreal Alouettes receiver Austin Mack. He has a workout with the Atlanta Falcons, or it's already happened with the Atlanta Falcons on Tuesday, per sources. So the 26-year-old, he had a nice year this past season. 78 receptions for 1,154 yards, four touchdowns, and he was named the CFL All-Star. And then, of course, won the Grey Cup Championship with the Montreal Alouettes. Coming up now, a conversation that Michael Ball had with a fellow from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. This is a great convo. Happens now. It's time to step into the radio octagon. You're tuned to the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. All right, it's uh, the Sports Cage here on 620 CKRM and on our app. Anywhere you can get us at 620 CKRM app. 
I am Michael Ball here with one of the great football players to come out of Saskatchewan. Now, it looks like it's Leif Magnuson, but it's pronounced Leif Magnuson, offensive lineman for the Arizona Wildcats. How many times do you get called Leif, though, bro? Uh, I get called that quite a bit. Uh, people make, uh, mix it up and confuse it for L-E-A-F. But, right. uh, yeah. you know, once they figure out it's Leif, it's, uh, it's been fun. But do you get on your mom and dad's case? for It's a great name, but it's it's a unique name. And sometimes that can uh, cause you to, to correct people a lot of times. Do you get on their case for that? Yeah, maybe a little bit. I'd like for people to call me Leif, but I don't I don't give buddy, uh, anybody too much, um, <laughs> a ru- too much of a rough time over it. Yeah, so mom's name's Christine, right? Uh, Kirsten. Kirsten, that's what it was. Sorry, Kirsten. That's a nice name. And your dad's name's Quinn, a former CFLer, played with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. How much has dad helped you during your football journey? Well, he's been such a leader for me. Um, just, you know, teach me everything I need to know about football. And then obviously just preaching that, you know, effort over results. You know, at the end of the day, like, it can go either way. But as long as you tried your hardest and, you know, did your, you know, gave your best effort. That's what matters most. But other than that, he's been a great influence to me and um, into my career. So, yeah. Saskatoon kid, Bethlehem High School, if I'm not mistaken. How do you go from Saskatoon to going down to Arizona? Uh, well, it was a bit of a tough transition, um, especially in the recruiting process to start with, you know, just doing a lot of camps in the States, you know what I mean? Talking to uh, so many coaches during that recruiting process through Twitter and stuff. Um, it was a long one, but once I got the opportunity to go to Arizona and out uh, Pac-12, you know, I knew I wanted to be out west, and it just kind of worked out. And once I got down here, yeah, it was a bit of a culture shock, a little different, a little warmer, but um, I enjoyed it a lot, and the people out here have been great, and, you know, they're treating me really well, so I enjoy it. Now, uh, as you know, uh, you, you come from Saskatoon where you're probably a, you were a track and field star, football guy, best probably, you know, you stood out for sure, not only in the city, but the province. It's a bit of a grind, though, when you go down to the United States and go to these big schools, man. You're one of, uh, I think, less than 300 kids playing NCAA college football from Canada, even fewer when you shrink the Saskatchewan numbers into it. But to just talk about the mental grind that it is to, you know, to, to scrape and clock, because that's really what it is in college football down there. Yeah, no doubt. And um, I will say, you know, a lot of guys come out of high school, you know, being the best where they're from. And you know what I mean? Um, you come into college and you can't keep that mentality because everybody was the best once when you're out there. You know, everybody's really good. So you really got to adapt to that and just, um, you know, keep working and keep try to be the best in that area and not keep that kind of closed mindset like I'm better than everybody. You know, it takes a lot of work. A lot of hard work, and there's a lot of great competition out here, but all that's done is just making me better as a player and uh, as a man. And you've, yeah, and you've got on the field this year in a in a pretty predominant role. I know you've been used as a reserve offensive lineman in the past and played on special teams, cutting your teeth, which you're going to have to do probably going forward if you want to play professional football, both sides of the border. But you're getting on the field this year as an offensive lineman with meaningful snaps. What's the, What's that been like for you? Yeah, I mean, it's been a dream come true. I mean, just getting that opportunity and just knowing that my team um, trusts me to put me in there and uh, believes that I can get the job done, which I believe I can too. And just, um, you know, getting those those reps and that time to, you know, really experience what it's like to, you know, be in the game, experience college football and really um, contribute. Um, it's really been a blessing for me. And uh, 
Yeah. 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 You missed your first couple of games this year because of a, a bit of a foot problem and ankle injury, but you got the start, I believe, against Washington. What was your first ever start like in, in big boy ball, NCAA college football? Yeah. I mean, uh, first start, definitely just such a, such a surreal experience, you know, from the years prior, um, our center, Josh Baker, him and I have been roommates for such a long time. And that was always the dream, just us playing next to each other, you know, getting to do that together. And, um, you know, when I finally did against Washington, we kind of had a great moment before the game talked about it. And then it was just, it was just, you know, a really fun time out there, especially against such a great opponent as, um, Washington was at the time they're you know they're obviously in the college football playoffs so it's I went against some great competition that first game but it was just such a fun experience for sure did you have a welcome to the NCAA moment when you were starting there was a play or uh or uh or a situation where like okay now I'm in the big time time to get going here yeah yeah there's definitely one of those moments um you know when you deal with that kind of size and physicality um, that they have on that team you know there's a couple moments where I, I might have lunged a little bit they might have caught me um and just kind of pull my jersey down or something. And, you know, because they're big physical guys out there. So there's definitely a few moments where, you know, I had to get my bearings. But um, other than that, it was it was good. What was the Alamo Bowl like? You guys came up with a win over Oklahoma University. Yeah, that was a big one. Yeah, talk, talk about that and just the atmosphere and playing in a bowl game like that. Yeah, no, that, I mean, once again, another surreal experience, you know, for the past, you know, few years I was at Arizona getting there in 2020 and obviously the, at that time the program was in bad shape and mm-hmm. going through a lot of changes and then we brought in coach fish and we were going through a bit of a um a process trying to f- um fix the program fix the culture and stuff so just being there through all that seeing like the bad and then coming to this point where we have such a great culture now I mean the team is such a high uh, family value team and uh Doing it with them was probably the most fun part. I mean, the Alamo Bowl experience in itself was so fun to be with them. You know, be able to go to uh, SeaWorld, the San Antonio Spurs game. You know, we did a bunch of cool activities like that, the Rico's River Rally, and then just the game itself, you know, uh, just such a big celebration. And just to see that confetti come down down at the end on the field. That was, uh, that was very cool. So what's uh, what what's it like, you know, growing up with a dad who played professional football? When As soon as you knew what your dad did, was that your dream to follow in his footsteps and play either side of the border? A lot of kids your age want to be an NFL guy. I know my guy's growing up to, he'd be happy to play in the CFL. How about yourself? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I obviously um, aspire to play, you know, NFL, CFL, anything after um, college that, uh, um, you know, that would just want me to be there and just contribute to their um, to their teams. But, you know, having my dad doing that, uh, I think growing up, I definitely wanted to be just like him. You know, he was a, um, a big role model and, you know, almost like a hero to me growing up. And I wanted to do what he did. Mm-hmm. You know, as time went on, I just, you know, grew just it not necessarily became less about him, but I just grew such a respect for the game and just such a love for the game and just the bonds you make through um you know, the friendships and such. So, yeah. yeah. We've given your mom, uh, dad enough love. Let's give your mom some love. Just give me a shout out to your mom and what she's done for you. Yeah, no, mom's always been there. She's been, uh, she's been a rock through a, a lot of the tougher times. And, you know, she was uh, an athlete herself, so she understands. She played uh, basketball at the uh, University of uh, Saskatchewan for the Huskies. So, she uh, she's obviously toughing me up and got me to train quite a bit. And she, you know, she's 
done a lot for me in terms of just being a great support. Yeah. Okay. So lastly, as as we're talking here, you're in Portland, Oregon, celebrating the new year with friends who are on your team from before. So here's my question to you. What, what do you think of this transfer portal and everything that's going on in college football right now? There's a lot of kids in that portal. It is really college football free agency when you think about it. Yeah, it's a bit of a weird time. Um, I'm one of those guys who I, I'm very, I'm a very loyal guy. I see, I see benefits in the portal for sure. There's some guys that are put in some tough situations, whether they're dealing with, you know, injury or other factors that they definitely do need an option to uh, go away. I do find that there is a lot of kids though that simply because they have that, like I was saying earlier, they have that I'm the best mentality. As soon as if they don't start. They just figure, well, I'm just going to go somewhere else. They don't try to put in the work and really try to, you know, win that spot rather than just trying to transfer somewhere else. For somebody listening to this that's in Saskatchewan, in my listening audience, uh, what kind of advice do you have for that young and up-and-comer that wants to follow in your footsteps? Yeah, no doubt. I've had a few kids um, from Saskatchewan hit me up too. And basically what I tell them is just focus on, you know, school doing things right you know what i mean staying out of trouble i think the big thing too is just get your name out there there's a lot of kids in the in the u.s that want to play college football it's 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 a dream for a lot of kids and so i'd say talk to as many coaches as you can go to camps you know get your name out there work hard you know and the biggest thing is like be be smart be coachable you want to be somebody, you don't want to be somebody that uh, coaches don't want around. You want to be somebody who's just going to absorb all the learning that they're giving to you. Leif, best of luck uh, in the new year. A happy new year, and we'll talk to you soon. We'll follow your career. Yes, sir. Happy new year. Have a great, have a good day. Now bringing you three hours of the hottest sports talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. It's a full slate of games in the National Hockey League tonight. We got, I don't even want to go through counting it all, but let's go through the schedule. Boston at Columbus, Carolina is in the Big Apple taking on the Rangers. Washington's at Pittsburgh, the Montreal Canadiens at Dallas, the Calgary Flames at Minnesota. Nashville at home, the Connor Bedard and the Chicago Blackhawks. The Winnipeg Jets host the Tampa Bay Lightning. Arizona at Mullet Arena welcoming the Florida Panthers to town. Colorado at home versus the Islanders. Edmonton at home versus Philly. The Vancouver Canucks welcome the Ottawa Senators to town in an all-Canadian franchise matchup. And then the nightcaps tonight, well, that one's included in the nightcap. But we have Toronto at the LA Kings and Detroit in San Jose and I was kind of reading through some articles looking at some New Year's resolutions for National Hockey League teams and I'm going to go through what it said for a couple of these teams. Let's start with well let's start with the Edmonton Oilers. There's a lot of Oilers fans out there. Uh, This article says that the Oilers better determine Leon Dreisaitl's status on uh, on July 1st rather. Connor, Connor McDavid has just two seasons left on his contract after this one. So, while Drysidle's eligible uh, eligible rather to hit the open market a year earlier, that means he's eligible to sign an extension this coming summer. And the article went on to say the Oilers should make their best offer on July 1st if Drysidle wants to stay at the Oilers' price point, great. If not, they get one last try to win the Stanley Cup with them while planning for their future without him and, uh, you know, using the savings to put towards McDavid's next mega deal. So that's what it said about the Edmonton Oilers. I have what it said about the Calgary Flames, Blaine. You're a big Flames fan. It says that 
the New Year's resolution for these Calgary Flames should be just to commit to a retool. However you want to word it, the Flames need to commit to it and let their fans know it says it's coming. The team has fought, but has yet to show that it can compete with the elites of its division and conference. And then went on to say the Flames would serve themselves better by parting with, you know, pending unrestricted free agents and being honest about their traje- uh, trajectory. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think it's fair. Yeah. I think I, have, I, I really do expect they're going to move their UFAs like Lindholm, Tanev. Um, I'm curious to see if a team like Toronto, who needs goaltending help, calls Calgary. And of course, there's some history with their G- Trevor Living and Craig Conroy, but. I wonder if they're, that's a team they contact about some goaltending help because Flames, Calgary's got three goaltenders they can use. They got Dustin Wolf down on the minors. They got Dan Fludar. You know, maybe they eat some salary and ship off Jacob Markstrom to Toronto and help them out maybe a little bit and they can get something back in return. I don't know. I, I, I think that the beliefs in the Calgary Flames are going to be some trade partners, uh, sometime in the near future. Yeah. The New Year's resolution for those Toronto Maple Leafs, according to the athletic. And I kind of laughed when I saw this, but it's, Go deep in the playoffs. <laughs> uh, go deep in the playoffs. I thought it was April. It's not April 1st, is it? Uh, go deep in the playoffs. Uh, so, yeah, the Athletics says uh, we could have gotten into the weeds and detailed resolutions for the Leafs to be more defensively sound. I mean, their goals against per game are up from last season. The article went on to say, or find more reliable goaltending, to your point. Blaine, but their real resolution for 2024 is the same as it's been and will be for every year until they follow through on just that. Just win when it matters. Like a smoker who says they're quitting every January 1st, the Leafs' core will continue to be judged the way or that way until they come through. It's hard to argue. It's just, you know, let's be honest. It's kind of tiresome. In a way, I, I think to myself, will it will it be better for our mental well-being going forward if the Toronto Maple Leafs just win the Stanley Cup and get this over with, and then we can kind of move on from this chatter every single year? Because as much as it's funny that the Toronto Maple Leafs choke in the playoffs every single year, it's very tiresome. It's tiresome cheering for, and it's also tiresome just to follow. And it's tiresome to cheer against them every single year. Like, what do you think? 306-936-6262. Would it be better for our mental well-being if they just get this win out of of the way and win this thing? I don't know. What do you think, Blaine? That kind of goes against what I... No, no, not at all. Uh, he's you, not feeling it. Just it's like me and the Oilers too. I got the same feelings. So, yeah, no, none of these teams can't win. The New Year's resolution for my Montreal Canadiens, John the Habs fan. If you're listening, the Canadiens' New Year's resolution, according to the Athletic, is just to stick to the plan. As boring as that sounds, no matter what happens in 2024, if the Canadiens somehow go on a run and find themselves in playoff contention in late February, their resolution should be. To not allow themselves to be blinded by it, that means collecting more assets at the trade deadline, not spending them. And if Sean Monahan can fetch a good haul, cash that chip. Cash in, baby. If there is a strong market for other players, then, you know, follow through on that. But I can kind of feel what the article's saying when it comes to the Montreal Canadiens. 
But uh, those are a few teams' New Year's resolutions in the National Hockey League, according to our friends over there at The Athletic. And we are going to step aside here. i got to find myself some water. My mouth is parched, absolutely parched. Coming up in Hour 3, we will hear from the general manager of your Regina Pats, Al Miller. We had him on live in Hour 1. We are going to play the audio, though, from over there at the Branch Center from earlier on in the day as Blaine Wyland was there. We are going to check in, listen to that media availability, and then after that, it's press coverage with our friend Glenn Suter right at 535. You are listening to the Sports Cage, the first one of 2024. And it's brought to you by Saskatchewan Lotteries today on the Voice of Saskatchewan. 620 CKRM. Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Filling in for Michael Ball, here's Sean Kleisinger. Hot up! Sports Cage shareholders, this is what you need to know. First things first, you need to know that today's program is brought to you by Saskatchewan Lotteries, bringing communities together. Sask Lottery products fund over 12,000 sports, culture, and recreation groups across Saskatchewan. Well, it was a tough day for Team Canada at the World Junior Hockey Championship. Canada lost to Team Czechia 3-2, the final score. And Czechia scored with just 11 seconds remaining in regulation to stun the Canadians. So there will be no gold for Canada this year at the World Juniors. In the other quarterfinals, USA beat Latvia 7-2. Finland beat Slovakia 4-3 in overtime. And Sweden also beat Switzerland in overtime 3-2. The final score. And yesterday was an exciting day in college football. Michigan Wolverines, they took down the Alabama Crimson Tide 27-20 in overtime. So Michigan advanced to the national championship. And they are on the prowl for their first ever championship since 1997. In Michigan, they will be taking on the Washington Huskies because on the back of their quarterback, Michael Penix Jr., Washington took down the Texas Longhorns 37-31. So it will be Washington and it will be the Michigan Wolverines this coming Monday at NRG Stadium down in Houston, Texas for the College Football National Championships. Uh, championship, rather. Two studs at quarterback. I mean, two great talents, J.J. McCarthy and Michael Penix Jr. Can't wait for that game. It's coming up on Monday. The NHL Winter Classic happened yesterday. Seattle Kraken went on to win 3 to nothing over the Vegas Golden Knights. Nice-looking crowd in Seattle. Over 47,000 people crammed into T-Mobile Park, the home of the Seattle Mariners. And it was cool as well because that was the only game on the schedule yesterday in the National Hockey League. It's a different case tonight. A lot going on in the NHL. Boston's in Columbus, Carolina at New York. The New York Rangers, that is. Washington and Pittsburgh. The Dallas Stars welcome the Montreal Canadiens to town. Minnesota at home to Calgary. Connor Bedard and the Chicago Blackhawks. They are in Music City, USA. In Nashville, Tennessee, meeting the Nashville Predators. Winnipeg at home to Tampa. Florida is in Arizona. The Islanders in Colorado. The Flyers taking on the Edmonton Oilers. That game's at 8 p.m. Saskatchewan time. Ottawa and Vancouver. Toronto taking on the L.A. Kings in L.A. And the Red Wings at the San Jose Sharks. Man, it was pretty cool yesterday. R.J. Barrett making an impact for 
his Toronto Raptors. You might be thinking, R.J. Barrett, what? He was a New York Nick. Well, no, no longer. He is a Toronto Raptor now. And uh, not, I'm not a Raptor fan by any means, but it is kind of cool. Not going to lie to see a guy from Canada put on a Toronto Raptors jersey. And he's making an impact early on there for the Toronto Raptors. The Raptors are not in action today. They are back on the court tomorrow as Toronto is fresh off that 124 to 121 win yesterday over the Cleveland Cavaliers. Tomorrow they are on the road in Memphis, Tennessee at those Memphis Grizzlies. And the Regina Pats, it's been tough sledding for them lately. They lost yesterday on home ice, 5-4 to four the final score. Silver lining, it wasn't overtime, so the Pats got a point out of it. Against those Moose Jaw Warriors in front of that New Year's Day crowd of over 3,500 people. The Pats are off now until Friday when they welcome the Saskatoon Blades. And uh, yeah, it was a real busy week for the Regina Pats. Trade after trade after trade. And at the Brent Center today, general manager of your Regina Pats, Al Miller, he held a press conference to go over all the happenings over the weekend. And that's a press conference that we will bring to you on the other side of this commercial break. You are listening to the Sports Cage for Saskatchewan Lotteries on 620 CKRM. Our house is your house. Welcome inside the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. For Jenna Pat's general manager, Alan Miller, spoke to the media today about the moves over the weekend. You know, when you look at our roster right now, we're at 27. Um, so, you know, and, uh, you know, the goaltending situation will lock us here as an AP right now with QA at World Juniors. And then, uh, you know, we have Corbin Bond on the injured list. So, you know, that keeps us at our 25-man roster. Um, but by midnight on January 10th, the 25-man roster is where we need to be. Um, so there'll, uh, there'll be some... There'll be some other roster moves in terms of uh, getting down uh, numbers here, uh, whether that's two or three bodies, and whether that involves trades or not is uh, to be determined. When you say midnight January 10th, that's the whole roster deadline for everything, and is that the night of the 10th or the day before the 10th? Like the night of the 10th. The night of the 10th, okay. Yeah. So the, uh, the actual trade deadline is, is 4 o'clock our time on the 10th, okay. and then the roster deadline is midnight. I guess why do you make these trades now, as opposed to you know maybe a little bit closer to January 10th? Um, well, the day doesn't really matter um, whether it's the first, seventh, or eighth. Um, when you have a deal in place that you feel is the right thing for your organization, uh, you get the deal done. It's a competitive market. Um, people are involved in other deals. Um, there was no, I didn't see anything that would tell me that if we held out, we would get any more. Uh, we were pleased with the deals. And when you have a dance partner and he says yes, you sign the paperwork. Speaking of the deals, uh, the Suez to Lev one, sending him to Saskatoon, were, were there discussions earlier to try to get him back in Regina? Or when did those discussions happen? Was it the Blades who talked to him about him coming back to the WHL? No, the Blades had no... Uh, um, no permission to okay. talk to anybody in Stutzlev's camp about uh, returning to the WHL. Um, we worked with Newport Sports, his agency in Washington, um, from the day I got the job to the day we traded him in terms of 
um, his status in returning to the league, um, what happened in terms of his reassignment from Hershey to Mora. Um, we were very involved from the get-go. And so just your first year as the GM here, how long did it take to kind of evaluate this roster and now realize these were the pieces you wanted to move and these were the, who you could get the most value for? Well, essentially, I, you know, I said from the get-go that uh, there was going to be a process in terms of evaluating the roster, evaluating our prospect pool, and, our, and, and evaluating our draft capital. And uh, we took the time to do that. Um, you know, we talked about where we are, where we want to be, and determined that it was important to make moves, um, you know, to build this team and get it to where we want to be, which is a contender. And we're not quite there yet. Um, we still have some work to do, um, but really it was a process right up to the last couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, it was determined along the way that, uh, you know, our 19 and 20 year old players, um, we would listen on, we would discuss, and, and, and that's how it all evolved in terms of the Vallis deal and the Berg deal. And essentially the Stutzelev deal, um, you know, was, was something at the last minute that we weren't even sure we were going to get him back. Um, things weren't going great in Mora in terms of ice time and opportunity for him to play. Washington and Newport felt that they had to get him playing more. Uh, we had discussions just before Christmas about the possibility that he might be reassigned to the WHL. And, uh, and from there, um, we worked on uh, what it looked like if he stayed with us and what it looked like and who the suitors would be if we decided to move him. So he might have been playing here. I, I might have misunderstood. Washington was excellent, yeah. um, you know, in terms of those discussions, in terms of returning to the WHL. Yeah. Um, complete transparency, of course, Washington. Uh, he hasn't played a lot this year. Um, you know, Washington's preference would, would be that he got to a contending team um, and hopefully have a long playoff run, which would be important for his development especially when you look at the fact I think he's only played 12 or 13 games since the middle of September. Um, but Washington was very fair in understanding that uh, if the hockey club here couldn't get a deal done that was satisfactory for us, um, they would have supported Stutzlev returning to Regina. Okay. So what are you hoping for this? Fortunately, they lost this morning. Just watching the tournament, your thoughts on the team's uh, play this, this year? Well, you know what? Uh, a lot of adversity. And when you look at losing the two defensemen uh, early on and, and then the injury to Savoy and, and Furcus heading over there, um, you know, I think it was... Uh, um, but at the end of the day, watching the game today, um, they were the much better team the last 40 minutes. Um, they could have ran away with that game in the third period, probably won it 5 or 6-2. They just didn't find a way to score. Um, it's a tough tournament. The checks hang around, they hang around, they hang around. They get a fluky goal and you're out of the tournament. It's, uh, it's disappointing for a lot of very good people that are in Sweden right now. Um, and disappointing, I'm sure, for a lot of great young men that were on that team. Um, they just they got a bad break and uh, um, it's tough that they're out. We talk about the pressure that's on them. You, you've seen it firsthand. Is it unfair what we expect from these kids all the time? I, I think sometimes. You know, I, I think that, uh, um, you know, but it's, it's Daryl, it's an elite program. You know, we're talking about elite players. That's, uh, that's our top high performance at this level in the, uh, in the country. And, and I think a lot of the players, the coaches, the management that are, are there, they understand the pressures. Um, 
you know that's that's motivation that's exciting um, you know uh, you know that type of pressure to play at that level um, and the responsibility that comes with it the, the players and managers and coaches that are there they they live for that we all live for that we want to be in that moment and uh, it just didn't work out for them today I see that here too though I was talking to some of your players over the last couple of games about how tough it is just knowing the trade deadline is coming too that they, they say we understand when we just sign up for junior I'm an old softy you know? I've seen it years when there's one hat trade in two seasons or something is it tough on these on these kids is it tough when you have to tell a kid like Dallas listen you're going to a good opportunity is it tough to tell these kids they've been traded absolutely and uh, um, you know Vallisburg um, Parkerburg and, and and Boria and you know as you say that Daryl you know I, I certainly want to comment on thanking two very good young men for their time as Pats they were original Pats they they grew up here uh, we wish them nothing but the best um, no it's it's not uh, um, it's not ideal to sit down and, and tell those young guys that uh, that they've been traded not only for the um, you know the competitiveness in terms of the hard hockey decisions you need to make, but on a personal level, um, it's it's not enjoyable. Um, you know we want to move forward here where we make less trades. We want to draft well. We want to develop our players. We want to complement our draft and develop model with the odd trade here and there, not the other way around. If it's the other way around, you're not going to be successful. So. That's why draft capital, the prospect pool, building all that back up is, is so important. Did you find you're really, I think when you showed up and you talked about the draft capital, you guys were short a lot of draft choices, weren't you? I, I can't keep track of who you've got now. Are you back up? Are you above? Yeah, yeah we're, in, we're, we're, in, we're in better shape. Um, you know, I think, Daryl, when I got here, we talked about, you know, last year's draft. Uh, we didn't have a one and a two, right. um, you know. Heading into this year, we didn't have a one and a three in this draft. Um, it, it's, it, you know, when you don't have back-to-back -back ones, it's it's tough to sustain in terms of building. Um, but, um, you know, in saying that, I think the group found a good way, you know, found, um, you know, a couple good players in the third round and Kuzma, who I think should have went higher, and Klassen uh, are good picks. So, you know, we've got some good young players at the same time. But, you know, you look at today's WHL and, um, you know, with the fact that that uh, 15 and 16 year old signed players are ineligible to be traded, uh, you need to have draft capital to be able to make moves and improve your team. And, you uh, um, and, and I want to give our scouts the, you know, the, the draft capital that, you know, we can do a good job in that area where it's a Bantam draft. You're going to make mistakes along the way. Um, but if you, have, if you have six picks in the first three or four rounds, then the percentages are that you're going to hit a little bit better than if you only have one or two picks in the first five rounds. You like how your team's playing now? Yeah, that's the GM of your Regina Pats, Alan Miller. I like the I like the sounds of Alan Miller. He just sounds like he knows what he's doing. You know what I mean, Blaine? Like, there's a lot of times when you sit back and listen to uh, someone in charge or something, and you kind of just think, okay, I don't know if he knows what he. But when you when you listen to Alan Miller, it's just like, okay, this guy knows what he's doing. Do you get that vibe too? Yep, I think uh, he's got the. Pat's headed in the right direction, you know, in terms, not so much like this year, but it's in terms of the long-term thinking, you know, yeah. those draft picks are, are vital resources for, you know, major junior hockey teams and uh, should be interesting to watch in over the next couple of years. And I saw yesterday with an assist on the Pat's first goal, 
Yesterday, Tanner Howell picked up his 200th career WHL point, and Howell is now the 61st Pat to collect 200 or more regular season points. Big shout out to at the Blue Liner Kevin Shaw on Twitter. I can't take credit for that one. That is uh, Kevin Shaw's work right there. Blaine, you told me that you uh, you were up. Uh, in the Humboldt Saskatoon area for Christmas, and you actually you went to a, a Saskatoon Blades game. Uh, Who did they play again? The it, PA Raiders. Yeah, it was the Blades and PA Raiders last Wednesday, uh, right after Christmas. Uh, they got a little nice little deal out in Saskatoon. They play on Wednesday nights, and if the Blades pick up a victory, you get a free ticket to the next game. And uh, it was also Teddy Bear Toss Night there too mm-hmm. last Wednesday. So uh, yeah, the Bears went flying uh, at the end of the first period. Ended up to be a long first intermission, but it was. It was a great hockey game. Uh, some expat content. Uh, Sloan Stanek was definitely PA's best forward that night. And Easton Armstrong picked up, I believe, three points that night in the Blades win. It was a good hockey game back and forth. And uh, uh, I called it working during my holiday. But uh, it was nice to watch some WHL hockey. And, uh, of course, get to see the Blades again this week on Friday. Yeah, the last time I went to a Blades game at Sastel Center was in, was in uh, 2016. I was going to school up in Saskatoon. And I I thought it was a pretty good environment. They had the upper bowl tarped off. I went to see uh, the Pats play the Blades. Overall, what was the environment like for that game uh, that you went to? Was it was it pretty good? Yeah, it was a great environment. Uh, the upper deck or the second level was open. They had only like the one end tarped off. I think yep. it was about... Uh, just under 8,000 fans were there. Ooh, so it was a good crowd. You know, there were some uh, Raider fans. It was back and forth. PA took the lead in the third, and the Blades came back in the fourth, in the third period. Yeah. And the other thing, too, the one other thing, the best thing maybe about going to the, the credit, uh, the Sastel Center was the parking was, <laughs> you got in, you got out. Oh, that sounds like. I, it took them 30 years, but they finally figured out a parking lot uh, up in Saskatoon. Because, I don't think that happens around here. I don't oh, think you park and get out. I think you park and you wait and you nap and you swear maybe and then you get to go yeah I remember going to Blades games like uh, 10 years ago being stuck in the parking lot for half an hour and uh, I couldn't believe it I was in it we were in and out in like less than five minutes uh, on oh. and during that game and yeah like I said 8,000 people there it was well managed and uh, I don't know it just I guess it took them 30 years to figure it out <laughs> Well, those Saskatoon Blades are in town on Friday night to take on the Pats. It's a 7 o'clock puck drop at the Brandt Centre. And as it sits right now, speaking of those PA Raiders, the PA Raiders hold that last playoff spot in the Eastern Conference. I know it's only January 2nd right now, but it's always fun looking at the playoff picture. PA in the 8th spot with 36 points, and Regina is next in line. They are the ninth seed right now with 32 points, so just 4 points back of a playoff spot right now here on January 2nd. We are going to hit the break, and our first press coverage of the year coming up next. It's press coverage with our friend Glenn Suter. You are listening to the Sports Cage, the first one of 2024 here on 620 CKRM. I'm Blaine Wyland inside the Sports Cage studios with your sports ticker for Busy Bee Overhead Doors. Busy Bee will repair or replace your residential or commercial garage door so you don't get stuck in or out. Catch the buzz, Busy Bee Doors, the garage door specialist. Today was quarterfinals day at the World Junior Hockey Championships in Sweden, and it was heartbreak for Team Canada. They were defeated by Czechia 3-2, the game-winning goal coming with 11 seconds left in regulation off a bad deflection for Canada as the Canadians are out, and there will be no 
no medals for Team Canada this season. Other games today included Finland defeating Slovakia in a back-and-forth matchup, 4-3 to in overtime. As well in overtime, Sweden defeated Switzerland, 3-2. to And the only game that was not close today, the U.S. defeated Latvia by a score of 7-2. to In the NFL today, Dalvin Cook and the New York Jets have decided to mutually part ways. The running back, who's had four 1,000 rushing yard seasons with the Minnesota Vikings, joined the Jets this season, but only had over just 200 yards rushing for New York as he fell behind Brees Hall. Brees Hall on the depth chart. Now Cook is available to join any team as he could possibly join a contender for the playoff stretch. And as well, the NFL have fined Carolina Panthers chairman David Tapper $300,000 for conduct unacceptable as during Sunday's game when the Panthers were defeated by the Jacksonville Jaguars 26 nothing. Tepper accidentally, or he did, poured a drink onto a fan, which the league find not to be acceptable as Tepper. And the Carolina Panthers have finished last overall, but they won't get the first pick since they traded last year in a deal with the Chicago Bears so they could select Bryce Young with the first pick in the 2023 NFL Draft. And that is your sports ticker. Let's head ringside and check in with the oldest major junior hockey team in Canada. This is Pat Chats from your official voice of the Red Shana Pats, 620 CKRM. Here's head coach of your Regina Pats, Brad Haroff, on the weekend full of trades. Yeah, I just um, I think it's been coming here for the whole year. All the trades we've made up to this point have kind of went in that direction, and I think that the players we've kind of brought in have all kind of follow along with the same identity that we're trying to build here. What do you like about some of the new faces that are coming in? Well, I got some familiarity with um, uh, with the Moore boy and the Butchkowski, just from knowing them when they're younger. Um, it was a long time ago, but I've known the family and kind of just watched the boys throughout the years. Um, so a little bit of familiarity, and then the other guys, uh, just watching them on just video or obviously playing against them in the league. But for me, I just kind of try to keep focused on more or less our guys in front of us. How do you feel like they're going to help this team? Well, I think that if you look at our depth chart and just the age group of what we're building around here, I think we've got a lot of real good 06s that you can be excited about. Um, uh, but in the end, I think it just comes down to that they all fit in the kind of style of hockey we're trying to play here and um, uh, and the kind of people that we want around our dressing room. What kind of player is Saskatoon getting in Sue's love? Well, he's uh, scored 40 goals last year, so he's high-end talent. Um, uh, he's that typical European guy that you know is going to fill the net when uh, he's put in the right situation. I think Alex is. Um, uh, he's had a year of experience, so he knows what the game is. I know he hasn't played much this year, um, but yeah, I think Alex is. Uh, he's going to be a tremendous addition for their hockey club. At this point, how difficult is it to get the, with your team to get so many new bodies to get the team to gel for the rest of the season? Well, I think that's one thing we got good about our team. I think we got a real good core and a lot of guys, um, uh, Zane Rowan, Braxton Whitehead, you know, even Spencer has been here now for two and a half years. Obviously, Tanner Howard, captain, and obviously Carson Hayes and, and, and Keegan Slaney. Like, those guys have been excellent guys. They've been real positive around the dress room. You know, none of those guys feel like they're mailing it in right now. I know people might be saying that just with the trades, but um, for us, we don't feel that way. And then the best messages, the coaches can say it, but it has to be the players that drives the culture. And right now, I think that's one thing we have going good for us is that we have players driving our culture, and that makes the simulation for the new guys a little bit easier. Does anything change for you as a coach? Just that team's getting a little bit younger. You got some younger guys in, and guys who they said kind of have to uh, learn the system. 
Yeah, I think there's going to be a little bit of, uh, you know, we've got some practice time here in the way January sets up the way our games are. We play a lot of weekend games, so it's going to give us a lot of practice time. So, yeah, there's going to be definitely some going back to the P's and Q's of our system just to make sure those guys get acclimated to it. But, you know, we like to think that our team is a pretty detailed team, so uh, I think it's going to run really well into our, into, our, into our game once everybody gets acclimated. You as the coach, what's it like just knowing that it's kind of a year where Al's really focused on rebuilding the draft capital, rebuilding the uh, the younger guys uh, for this team? Well, being a hockey coach, I think, doesn't really change ever. Like, it's a performance-orientated business. Um, you know, it can be year to year on some people's contract. And if you're not winning and you're not driving culture, then, you know, they're going to find someone else to do it. So for me, I'm still going to try to try our best to win hockey games. And, and, and first and foremost is drive our culture in the right way. So um, I think Al's doing a great job of, you know, building talent around. But culture is what's win championships. And for us, that's one thing that we're in control right to the very end with this year and everything is we're going to keep that believing in our team and you just see it in our, a lot of our third period comebacks or in, in, the, in the way that we play it's it's their belief in our game and that we don't give up every time Saskatchewan gets in second or long they've been bringing Glenn Suter up on the outside sometimes they blitz him sometimes they don't but when he's blitzed he's had success and it's picked up by Suter he runs it out Time for press coverage as former writer greats and veteran CFL football broadcaster Glenn Suter shares his unique and passionate perspective about the league we love with Rider Nation. Ah, yes, it's the first one of 2024 press coverage for Quality Tire with nine locations across Saskatchewan. Quality Tire. .ca as we welcome on Glenn Suter to the Western Pizza Hotline here. How you doing, Glenn? Happy New Year. Yes, Sean. Happy New Year. I, you know, I've decided to to change a little bit of the wording when we're talking about the new year. And I and I know there's many, including myself, that have often said, you know, like I hope that 24 is an excellent year, or that, you know, here's to here's to a great 2024, that kind of thing. Let's let's change the wording slightly and and go with let's make it a great year. Oh. No matter what. No matter what challenges or issues we face, mm-hmm. be ready to pivot, be ready to find a solution, and let's make it a great year. And 2024 is here. This is the year that we have a brand new CFL season. We can officially say it. And one quarterback, Glenn, that will not be playing here in 2024. As of today, we found out that uh, Dane Evans is retiring from the Canadian Football League and from football. So uh, your thoughts on that when you saw that go across the wire? Yeah, it surprised me a little bit, to be honest. I mean, a real good situation in Vancouver where, you know, playing behind Vernon Adams was, a, you know, a chance where you thought that he was going to get he was going to get some playing time just because not because that Vernon would would falter, but because he at times with his style will get nicked, he'll get banged up. Yeah. He's going to he's going to take some hits and things like that. So you're you're the number two behind a, a player like that. You're going to get playing time, and you know if you get on a roll, then then maybe you take you can even win the job. So that's why it was a bit of a surprise. It it wasn't because of the sort of career arc of of Dane Evans. I mean, uh, a, a time in Hamilton where he was the guy, and you know, look like, and I, I was one of the believers, you know, just, and I still think he's a great player. I just, he looked like one of the guys to be the next one and to be able to take a team to a few championships and, and win them. And 
you know, and then all of a sudden, as as life changes and things, uh, you know, you face different issues. Um, he his role changed, and and what I think, and I you know I I would say about Dane's career is he was a great teammate because when his role did change, uh, he embraced it. He was not one of those guys that became an issue in the room. He helped in the quarterback room and he was ready and prepared when he got a chance to get on the field. So, you know, I I think he'll always be thought of in, in the CFL as a great teammate. And I'm sure that everyone who played with him will say that. Um, and you know, I, I wish him all the best in the future. It sounds like he's going to get into coaching and I don't, that doesn't surprise me at all, but a little surprised initially, Sean. And then, and then I thought, yeah, I, I can see it in that his role had changed. He's now a number two and maybe time to move on to other things in life. Yeah. It's just amazing to think about how different one guy's career could have been if him and those Hamilton Tiger Cats could have won that Grey Cup going back to 2019. Just imagine how things could have changed if they could just win one more game. Dane Evans is probably, uh, I don't want to speculate, but hypothetically speaking, he could be still playing football. Uh, I saw also go across the wire today that Austin Mack, stud receiver for the Montreal Alouettes. He had a workout today with the Atlanta Falcons. Now, don't freak out sports cage shareholders. I'm not saying that, you know, he's getting tryouts. Like, he's not going to be in training camp. We see this happen a lot. We've seen it with a couple uh, Saskatchewan Rough Rider receivers already. But Austin Mack, he had himself one heck of a season, didn't he, Glenn, with the Montreal Alouettes? Just burst it onto the scene. Yeah, yeah, really did. And, you know, obviously a great player. I mean, his yeah. his resume says that. And, you know, I, I think that football fans in our country should be ready for change, be ready to embrace change. And you're going to have favorite players that you no longer see on your team that aren't wearing the same jersey, either because they moved in free agency within the CFL or they moved to the NFL. And, you know, they're getting a bigger paycheck doing the exact same thing. So I I think... Um, you know, the moment that that we start talking about guys that we might lose, we should also add the guys and, you know, coming up in the draft and free agency, we'll see what guys will be acquired by these teams. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that's, that's the challenge for management. The challenge for management is you're going to lose a couple of guys. I mean, Sam Emel has tried out in the NFL too, or he's had a couple of yep. workouts, I think as well. So, you know, I mean, you're, you're going to lose a couple of guys, whether it's, within your own league or, or across the border. And, and if you do, I guess the question is who's the next one, who's the next great player that we go, Hey, we didn't talk much about this guy in his journey until now it's labor day and he's closing in on a thousand yards and he's been fantastic. We have a Mm -hmm. bunch of those guys every single year. Yeah. No, that's a good point. This is press coverage with Glenn Suter here. On the Western Pizza Hotline, I saw, I think it was, yeah, it was on Sunday that it was officially announced, Glenn. Now, I think this is kind of like beating a dead horse in a way, but in a way it's not because, once again, we have a brand new spring football league, Glenn, and it wasn't too long ago. <laughs> I, I, I almost got through it without laughing. Uh, it, it wasn't, it, it wasn't uh, too long ago that uh, the word was if the CFL doesn't merge with this XFL that the CFL would be going down under. Well, fast forward to... On Sunday, guess what? 
that so-called XFL was actually merging with a different league so they could survive. It's funny how things work out. But I guess your thoughts on the new United Football League, Glenn. Me personally, I'm glad that there's just one league now because two is just too much. Yeah, I mean they lost some teams in the merger yeah. uh, when you when you added the two leagues, um, you know. And I again, we we've said this every time this happens in the last thirty years, <laughs> and it's happened a whole bunch. We've said the same thing, which is that it's great for the opportunity for players to have another avenue to make some money while they're still working on their game and still on their journey, and and where they can you know transfer to the CFL or the NFL from those leagues. And almost like feeders, whether it was Europe or the USFL or whichever ones it was, uh, you know, that's that's important and it's good for the players. It's good for young kids coming out of school to have uh, different opportunities and more opportunities through these other leagues. However, that's why I leaned so heavily in messaging last year and how important messaging is. And I, for the listeners, I'll, I'll let it go. I will, I promise. <laughs> but, um, it's back in know, the, the news, Glenn. We yeah, got to talk like, about messagi- it. Right, exactly. And the, and the messaging throughout that time from our own people was that this was going to be the savior, that we had to attach you know, our horse to this wagon. And if not, you know, if if the rock can't make it happen, then, you know, then it'll never happen. But the rock is going to make it happen because he's so popular. And again, no, no to all of those things. Our league is fantastic. It's the best form of football in the world. It, it's, it's a smaller business than the NFL, but it's the best form of football. And we don't have to apologize for it ever. And we don't have to attach to any upstart league to get any type of, you know, different levels of popularity. Let's just message properly. And when we explain to fans why it's so great, and then the players come through and show us why it's so great, like they did in the Grey Cup once again, mm-hmm. then that will be the proof. If you're selling a good widget, it'll always be a good widget. Let's just sell it properly. Absolutely. This is press coverage with Glenn Suter. We're going to step aside, have a break here, Glenn. And on the other side, I'm going to ask you about... Uh, one or two things that you are most looking forward to in the Canadian Football League. I know it's a very broad view question, but uh, just give it some thought. And when we come back, we'll uh, chop it up on the other side. A couple things you are looking forward to most as we are uh, talking here in our first segment of 2024. You are listening to the Sports Cage here on 620 CKL Ram. The kings of Saskatchewan sports talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. We're back here inside the Sports Cage. It's 549 here on this Tuesday at the first show of 2024, and it's just gone by so quickly here. We are in press coverage with Glenn Suter. And, Glenn, before we get into uh, the question that I posed to you before the break there, did you watch any of the college football games yesterday? And I guess uh, part B of that question, did you uh, – do you have any type of allegiance with Steve Sarkeesian? I know you didn't really play with him, but he was a quarterback with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Did that, by any means, play into you maybe cheering for Texas, or did it not matter? No, it, it didn't. And, you know, I, I'm still in my transition after the Great Cup. After the Great Cup, I take a month or two to right. sort of 
absolve myself from football and, and take a break. And, uh, you know, because when I watch a game, Sean, you, you, you can imagine yeah. I'm looking at so many different things. I'm, I'm breaking down exactly how I would describe what mm-hmm. I just saw. And so it's kind of like a work project for me. It's hard for me to just watch a game and enjoy it and just yeah. be a fan. That's, that's almost impossible for me. I, I have watched a little of the world juniors in hockey and, um, you know, and some of that, but um, I, I will get back more into it. But as, for, as far as your question goes with guys that have played up here, I'm always interested in following those guys. I, you know, cause I, cause I know one thing about every single one of them is that they're going to be great ambassadors for our game and our country. Mm-hmm. And they're going to go back to wherever they go back to college or Texas or big schools or the NFL. And they're going to say, Hey, it was a great experience. It's a fantastic country with great fans, and I love the game. That's what they're going to say, because they all do. Yeah. And I feel like we are one step closer to uh, seeing Nathan Rourke on the field because he dressed, <laughs> he recently dressed with the New England Patriots and he was throwing in warm ups and stuff. How great would that be if we could just see him in a game here at the last week of the regular season? Like, wouldn't that be just something? Uh, that would put a smile on a lot of people's faces going into the NFL offseason? I hope so. Yeah. I hope that all Canadians would embrace it. Yeah. You know, and this idea that we should downplay it because no. he's... You Not know, on this on, show. On <laughs> no, no. I, you know, I'm with you because, yeah, like when we have young players representing our country abroad or playing in the NHL or wherever it may be, we're all for them. We're all behind them. We're carrying that Maple Leaf flag and... And we're, you know, supporting our Canadian athletes. So I hope we're all doing that with Nathan as well. I, I certainly am. And I, I've said it many times on the show that, um, you know, I believe if given an opportunity, a fair chance to win a job, that he would win the job and that he would be in the Pro Bowl. Yeah. I, I believe that. And I think he's got the skill set for it. Whether it happens or not, well, that depends on the politics. Yeah. New England at home to the New York Jets on Sunday, for those wondering. And the New York Jets, they're not in the playoffs. The Patriots not in the playoffs. Seems to me uh, like a perfect scenario where you can maybe put in a guy to see what he has on limited you know, practice, limited time in the playbook. But we'll see coming up here on Sunday. All right, Glenn, the question I posed to you, a very broad question, but it's the first show here of 2024. So I want to start off the show by you kind of teeing up what's to come here in 2024 as far as you and the things that you are looking forward to most this season in the Canadian Football League. And you can take it wherever you want to take it. It could be specific. It could be more broad, but I'll give you the red carpet now. (laughs) I appreciate it. And, and, you know, my list is long, so it would be too long to say them all Mm. that I'm looking forward to in the upcoming season. I'm looking forward to... Uh, you know, the new things off the field that the new and innovative ideas that uh, Amar Doman in Vancouver will create to increase and, and keep bringing in new fans and young fans. You know, they're going to play a game on the island and I'm going to be real interested to see, you know, what happens around that game and, and the football camps for minor football players and all the things that they're discussing. I think it's going to be fantastic. I want to see how that works because I know the island very well. I mean, I'm close to it mm-hmm. and grew up close to it. Um, so that's off the field. And, and those things trickle to all the teams, by the way. I mean, they, they meet as board, as board of Governors. And when there's a good idea somewhere, it's there's no reason why it can't be a good idea in other ways when you – you know, you, you carve it to fit your market and your fan base. 
Um, on the field, I think I'm really excited about improved play of a, a bunch of young quarterbacks. There, there were a lot of young quarterbacks on the field this year that put on a great show, and they and they showed us that their their you know their upside is huge. Like Chad Kelly, I mean Jake Mayer's just just getting going in his career. But even the young guys like Dustin Crum, where will he end up? Trey Ford is a fantastic one, and when you look at some of the guys that, you know, four guys finished with over 4,000 yards passing, can they all finish all of those four, maybe a fifth finish over 5,000 next year? Can we get back up to, you know, pushing the 6,000 yard passing limit when the quarterbacks that are young right now get more and more experienced? I'm looking forward to that. And, you know, that the Trey Ford discussion, Sean takes me right to the Canadians that just seem to get better. I mean, when I look at the Canadian college draft now, I, I, I'm not looking at, you know, where will this guy be and he'll be a role player and it'll take him a few years to learn the game. I, I'm looking at instant stars, the Phil Potts and guys like that, 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 you know, get drafted, make the team, get a starting spot. And not very long after that, they're ready to go. I mean, it took us longer back in the day. I mean, you know, in the old days, it was a year for even great players. It was a year or two to get going. And that's changing because of the quality of youth sports play and everything else. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And, and then the big returners, too. I mean, who is going to be the next no-name guy that's five foot seven <laughs> that can run like the wind that's going to get us all out of our chairs when he takes the opening kickoff back for a touchdown in game one of the regular season. I, oh, boy. I love the, I love the return game yep. in the CFL. So those are the, you know, the three headlines for me, uh, I mean, on the field would be it continued improved play with young quarterbacks that showed a lot of promise. Um, you know, great play by Canadians. that just seems to get better in the return game. I mean, these guys put on a show year in and year out. I wish we could just play a game tomorrow, Glenn. When do you know what games that you will be calling? We we all know the CFL schedule now, so when do you know exactly where you're going to be? Well, I, I write it down right away in my old-time day-timer where you actually write with a pen in it. Wow, old school. <laughs> not, okay, I see you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah not, on, not on my iPad and yep. phone and all that. But, um you know, I write down all the games, and it's. I look at basically in a weekend where there's four games, I'm going to do two, the two that are in the West, for the most part, and that's just a budget thing more than anything. It mm-hmm. doesn't. It doesn't. You know, have a crew significance or anything like that. It's just. It's budgets, and um, so I. I sort of look at that. I look at my SAS games because I always love getting back to Saskatchewan and hanging out at Memories Restaurant and all yes. that. So. Uh, you know, I I enjoy seeing my old friends from from back in Saskatchewan, so I look at that. But I won't get that scheduled probably until sort of mid February, mm-hmm. uh, going into March. There's a, there's a lot that goes into it that I have, you know, with with crew and producers and all of that that uh, I have nothing to do with. So I'll make a couple of requests. Um, but like the game on the uh, island, are you going to do the game on the island this year? You know, I'd I'd like to because I'd like to go over early and maybe even uh, participate in a camp with yeah. young kids and 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 talk and maybe do some speaking engagement at some high schools and and just talk to kids about how exciting our game is and and how it 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 relates to you in your life and how you handle challenges and issues in your life. If 
you know, if you're a great teammate and you learn the discipline necessary in football and even by watching it, you can see it, um, then that will really help you in everyday life. So that's the message. And I hope I can get over there and, and talk to kids and then do uh, – Do a game on Vancouver Island. That would be pretty cool. That would be awesome, man. And you are our teammate, and this is our first conversation in 2024. It's in the books. We'll talk to you on Thursday, Glenn. Have a good week. Thanks, Sean. Take care. That's Glenn Suter. Press coverage for Quality Tire with nine locations across Saskatchewan. QualityTire.ca. And that puts a bow on this show. We will be back with more tomorrow as we are going to be talking a lot more hockey. Cannot wait for the conversation we are going to air tomorrow with an old friend of mine, Harrison Ruop. He was a draft pick of the Arizona Coyotes. He went on to play in the Pittsburgh Penguins organization. He went over to play uh, hockey in Europe. And he is now retired, and he is actually a firefighter now here in the city of Regina. That conversation, so much more. Going to talk some more SJHL hockey tomorrow as uh, the SJHL is back on the ice tomorrow with one game. For Blaine Wyland, I'm Sean Kleisinger. We will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good night. Today's sports page has come to a close. Miss a segment? Download or stream the podcast now at sportscage.ca. Get your sports straight from the source. 620 CKRM.